You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome everybody to episode 165 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. And I... I'm Taylor of Terror. Suspense. Yep. Got to gotta build that suspense. Always keep them wanting more. Exactly. <laughs> That's how you get the ladies. <laughs> uh, we are back with a brand spanking new episode for you. Uh, coming from Taylor's apartment. For yep. the first time in... Since the s- pandemic. Yeah. I mean, February has got to be the last time we were here. At yeah. Le- at least. Um. Yeah, I was like, you know how it's like, you know, you go. Well, you said the same thing when you came to my house the first time. You weren't sure if you were going to remember how to get there. Yeah. the same thing, especially because like I got so used to taking the tunnel, mm. and now that they're charging for it, I won't use it. So it's like there's, I have, I basically have to go around it, the old reach, reach around. around. <laughs> you just search and print it, <laughs> right? Um, and it's like in the back of my mind, it's like, oh yeah, I know that way. No, no big deal. But then when I'm like actually doing it, it's like, is this right? <laughs> but, but I got here. That's good. That is good. <clears throat> What's new, Taylor? Um, not too much. Living that bachelor life right now. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it cheeses off. In the, the well, there's not really a term for Colorado, is there? Like the, the Rockies. Is it, yeah. For some reason, I thought like that area had like a. It's yeah. not like the Midwest, is there? Well, no, I know it's like you know, like like uh, you know, Washington and Oregon and, and even Idaho. It's like oh, the Great Northwest, right? I've. I guess I guess just the Rockies. That would be Colorado. Yeah. Anyway, um, cool. You uh, you said you <laughs> drink a whole bottle of champagne. Not a all- whole bottle. <laughs> Most of a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> all I drank a whole yourself. bottle of champagne and hung out with a dog under a bridge. It was sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Uh, yep. I don't have anything to talk about. Like nothing happens with me. It's, I mean, it's it's pretty hard for things to happen these days. Yeah, like things don't happen anymore. I know. I, I uh, nothing good anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's like I worked, and it's like you know, in in the two weeks since we last talked, it's like I worked and um, I. Uh, Finished putting the uh, the mold molding around my my new front door. You Fuck. you are an animal, sir. Fucking party. 
Yeah, I've just been uh, watching Letterkenny. There you go. I did burn through a lot of stuff, like, because um, I took all of last week off work. Um, so I just had some time to kill. So I, like, I watched, I watched, like, um, the new season of Lucifer. Um, I watched, uh, let's see. I think I watched I watched all of Doom Patrol, but that may have been earlier on than that. And then I watched that Harley Quinn cartoon, which was actually really fucking funny. Yeah, you kept texting me about that. Yeah, it's like it reminded me a lot of like a combination of like the old Tick cartoon and like um, like Freakazoid and you know those old Steven Spielberg cartoon cartoons with like some like Bruce Tim Batman mixed in. I think actually. Um, Bruce Tim or like, you know, his studio did the art for Harley, Harley Quinn. So it was very familiar. And like a lot of the, the characters looked the same, like, um, like two face looked more or less the same as he did in the old Batman animated series. So it, it was, you know, with like the purple face. Yeah. Or like, it was like, like blue swooping hair. He didn't have the hair though. He was like, like on his Harvey Dent side is, you know, his, his non fucked up side. He had just like short kind of close cut hair and then he was like bald on on the fucked up uh, side. That makes sense. But the face was the same. Um but uh yeah, that was fun and then I watched uh actually this weekend I watched uh Cobra Kai cuz they just dropped that on Netflix. Yeah. That's that's really good. I've been hearing nothing but good things about it. Yeah, like I thought it was going to be kind of like just cuz you know, it originally was on YouTube Red/YouTube slash YouTube Premium. Um, and so I thought it was just going to be kind of like janky is not the right word, but just kind of of, of lesser quality, but it it was actually really well done, really well produced. Um, the only thing that kind of like, even though I love Karate Kid, like all, all three of the original, original movies, I, I love them. Um, but this show was like leaning really hard into that stuff where like they were b- repeating lines mm. and almost repeating scenes even. But, you know, when they weren't like really shoving it down your throat, there were some good like tributes. Um, and uh, it, it did a really good job because, you know, in Karate Kid, it's just, it's, it's set that Daniel and Mr. Miyagi, they're the good guys. Cobra Kai, they're the bad guys. That's just a given, basically through all three movies. But in this, in Cobra Kai, you know, you're seeing it from the, the, the perspective of Johnny Lawrence, whose life has just been a, a, you know, a shit fest ever since he lost the All Valley. Um, and you kind of get this different perspective where he wasn't really the bad guy. He was, he, he was a kid. He was 16 years old, just like, just like uh, Daniel was. Um, he just, you know, Joe I, Piscopo was the bad guy. Joe Piscopo. The guy who looked like Joe Piscopo. Martin Cove? Sure. Uh, John Kreese? He looked like Joe Piscopo. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah. But, you know, they, they, you know, he started, basically, Johnny Lawrence, he starts up Cobra Kai again. Like, like he starts his own dojo, names it Cobra Kai, and he starts kind of basically teaching the same lessons that he learned. But, you know, he is kind of like, He's a better man than John Kreese was, so he wants to be a better dojo. And so he's trying to teach these kids, you know, yeah, 
you know, have respect for yourself and, you know, defend yourself. But at the same time, you know, it was like, whereas, you know, Cobra Kai shows no mercy. And that's kind of like part of his mantra still, but like he, he's like trying to downplay that element of it because sometimes you do show mercy. So, and, but, and then on the flip side, Daniel, who's now like the successful multi-dealership car dealer. Um, and, you know, he's, he does really well for himself. He lives in like in Encino Hills. Um, and, uh, you know, he's got this great life going for himself. Um, it kind of paints him as like, you know, he, he believes that he was, you know, righteous all this time. But seeing it from both sides now, you kind of like who there is no really well-defined good guy or bad guy. They're both just, you know, guys trying to do what they think is right. And they just happen to, you know, butt heads. And like the other, the other one thinks the other one's the jerk. You know, it's, 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 it's a nice, uh, uh, premise that you just, you don't really know who the bad guy is or even if, if there is one. So it's fun. It's fun. Cool. <laughs> anyway. If Netflix is going to be, be picking up old YouTube red shows, I would love to see Ryan Hansen solves crimes on television on Netflix. <laughs> he was, uh, God, he popped. Oh, never mind. Sorry. I, I remembered I had just seen him in something a couple days ago, and for some reason I thought it was a show, but it was actually uh, a movie that Kristen was watching. But, anyway, do they not do shows anymore? No, they, they stopped doing original content. Because they... <laughs> because it's hard, hard they're hard pressed to get people to pay for youtube probably <laughs> see that's that's the hard thing is like you start giving somebody a service for free it's really hard to suddenly get them to start paying for it yeah even if there's like new content anyway i pay for it but it's because i had google music mm-hmm. and then that like morphed into youtube music which youtube premium falls under that umbrella so i get mm-hmm. all of it for Plus, I'm, I'm grandfathered in at like the play music price because mm. the price went up when they switched to YouTube, but I was grandfathered in, so I'm paying less than everyone else. Got it. <laughs> Neat. Yeah. Anything else? You want, anything else going on? Anything else exciting in your life? Um, I mean, you know, Great Plot Film Fest submissions are still open. Um. I haven't checked in a while. Have we gotten any more? They're they're trickling in. We definitely don't have that many. I don't I think a lot of people are probably, you know, not making content right now. Yeah. I don't know if the uh, possibility of it being online is turning people off or what, but um I mean as far as our, our normal location goes, they're I d I don't know what's gonna happen there. They're trying to buy the building they're in. Um but they need money. Yeah. And, you know, with that, we're, we're facing two obstacles. One, having a location. And two, being able to actually COVID. use that lo- yeah. location. So we'll see how things go. Um, but, you know, like, like we've said before in multiple episodes now that we're really starting to kind of lean into the virtual um, festival, which seems like a lot of our uh, peers are doing, or our contemporaries, I should say. Like, um, you know, Crypticon is doing theirs virtual. Bone Bat's doing theirs virtual. 
Um, and, you know, even the bigger ones like Telluride, they're doing virtual. Um, so it's becoming a common thing. You know, at the time, it seemed like we were being original, but now it's kind of like everybody's <laughs> doing that. But, oh, well. We still don't know how we're going to do it, but yeah. Yeah. But it's like, you know, it's it would have been nice to kind of get ahead of that, but we are kind of like, as far as the calendar year, we're like, I'd say like the, the first of the, the festivals, at least horror festival season, because mm-hmm. we're in February. Yeah. And now, you know, before COVID hit, all these other festivals that take place in, you know, during the summer, you know, um, September, you know, especially October, you know, they were up until probably semi-recently expecting to do an in-person festival, right? Um, which we were lucky, lucky enough to have done. So we were kind of coming in with the next year, but still having to deal with, you know, doing a virtual festival. This thing is like we're kind of the opposite of everyone else because like everyone else was planning for an in-person one and then had to switch and go virtual. As of now, we're planning for virtual, but it's still far enough away that it's not completely out of the realm of possibility to do it right. in person. So it's like we're in this weird kind of in-between where it's like we don't want to start planning too hard one way and have it go the other way. Exactly. Um, and, you know, even if, even if like, you know, tomorrow like you know they're, they're talking about having a vaccine and you know i'll believe it when i see it but they're talking about having a vaccine as soon as the beginning of november which if that's the case great but i think even if there is vaccines and you know you know if the majority of the population has it i think we're still going to be looking at very strict social distancing rules um just because i mean look at what happened yeah, we weren't ready for it, and we got fucked up. Um, so, even if like, you know, as soon as there's like a vaccine available, I'm planning to get it like as soon as possible. I'm not. You're not. No, because I I, I don't want to get on another political rant, but I, I think Trump's going to ram it through before the election, just so he can say he did. And I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it's going to be what we need. Maybe I'm. I'm not. I should clarify that I'm not going to go into it blind. If yeah. it's if it's a legitimate um, vaccine That's that is tested. tested and shown to work, then I'll get it. In that case, yes. If I it's agree some, with you. Yeah. But if it's something that's been heavily politicized by Trump trying to say, hey, I'm the guy, I'm the president that stopped I, COVID. I fixed COVID, yeah. yeah then, then no, fuck him. <laughs> it's like maybe I would just get it like out of protest. Or not get it out of protest, I mean. Um, but anyway, so it's... It'll end up being one of those things where the side effects are worse than the actual thing, where it's like, do you suffer from runny noses? <laughs> Try hyphajoxamin. Side effects include brain cancer and bleeding from the eyes. <laughs> no, I'll take the runny nose. <laughs> it, you know, the, 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 the trick about this, though, is like, you know, with, with the flu, you know, so many people compare this to the flu because they have similar symptoms, when in all reality, it's nothing like the flu. Right. <laughs> because the flu doesn't kill as many people as this one kills. Yeah. And flu doesn't, like, destroy your lungs. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, there's a flu vaccine every year. But it causes autism. 
<laughs> yeah, sure it does. Um, but, you know, it, it's really a crapshoot because they have to basically make a new vaccine every year to try and guess which strain of the flu is going to be yeah. most prominent. And I can only imagine they're going to have to do the same thing with, with the coronavirus vaccine because um, as far as I'm aware that, you know, they've already sh- proven that people do not maintain antibodies against the coronavirus for more than like five months or something like that. Um, so it's like we're, we're looking at, you know, basically an annual vaccine. I mean, from my completely non-scientist point of view, we're looking at an annual vaccine that, you know, is about as effective as the flu virus, give or take. Um, but it's not going to be like, you know, um, like, uh, like an MMR shot or, um, uh, but, 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 but like a hepatitis shot to where you have, they, they give it to you and you have that immunity. You, you, you're now immune to those things, right? You know, whatever, whatever margin of error, you know, <clears throat> it's going to be something that, you know, gives it, you, you get the shot and yeah, you're probably going to have some kind of, you know, not, you're going to build up antibodies and you're going to have some kind of immunity to it for a limited amount of time. Um, and I think people are going to take too much comfort in that. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. I don't want to start rambling too much about it. Well, plus this vaccine is going to have microchips so Bill Gates can track us. So Yeah. And, you know, Soros. So I'm not getting it. Why would Bill Gates want to track us? What does Bill Gates care <laughs> That's the thing about people that make these just outlandish, wild accusations. It's like, what reasoning do you have? And then they'll make something up, invariably. But that, their explanation makes even less sense than their accusation. Yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> okay. Uh, let's get the show moving. Um, before we get started with uh, Horror Business, I want to thank our grave diggers over on Patreon. These lovely folks help finance the show. Um, you know, it's, it's, they're not huge donations, but they do go a long way to helping us keep things going. Um, we don't have an expensive show here, but we do have to, uh, shell out some, some money to pay for our hosting fees and, and such. Um, and, uh, these people really help with that. And they are Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Carlos Rodella, Gory B Movie, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, and Bob Voorhees. Thank you so much, guys, from the bottom of our cold, dead hearts for all of your help um, and, uh, you know, support. Taylor, if anybody else wants to join the party, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast for as little as $1. What, ha- what happened to the video reviews? You were going to do one every other I, week. I know, I know, I know, I know. Nice. Things, things just went to hell. Like, <laughs> I don't really have a, a good explanation. That just things just didn't go the way I was planning. So, I still have them, and I'm still planning to release them soon. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. All right. Well, perks do start as <clears throat> low as one dollar a month, uh, up to one hundred dollars. Which, in that case, I will get a tattoo of a fat unicorn on my ass. And like we've said in the past, all the money that we get goes right back into the show. It doesn't go into our pockets. It just sits in a bank account until something breaks 
and then we have it or you know it goes into stuff like the the film festival yeah it's definitely helped a great deal with the festival i mean we you know we have indiegogo money and that we that we gotten every year and ticket sales and that's kind of stuff but all that together is what really helps the show going so and then you know throughout the year right cool all right anything else to add before we move on no all right let's do some horror business All right, starting out in some real-world horror, uh, take a trip to Germany, Deutschland. Deutschland. <laughs> Got him. Um, uh, so we'll start back in 2014. And you I know you're probably like, Tony, this is supposed to be current news. Hold on. Just, just hold on. Silence your phones and listen. <clears throat> I'm starting to lose my voice already. This is a problem. <clears throat> anyway. I have unlimited water if you need it. So, <laughs> All the water I can drink? Yep. I remember there was a Hannibal Burris bit where he talked about like how he just has unlimited water at his apartment. He was, like, he was like, one time I just let it run just to see if I could, and it just never stopped. And like, I guess people like gave him shit, and he was like, it's a joke. <laughs> like, I didn't really do that. <laughs> Like, I'm a joke teller for a living. Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in 2014, um, some prospectors, you know, the guys with big shaggy beards and... Big uh, Yosemite Sam mustaches. Yeah, and, and you know, the big hats that flip up in the front. Yeah, they got a, they got a bullet hole in the front. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and they say things like, Tar Nations! <laughs> and go, and they shoot their guns in the air. <laughs> right. Now they're basically just Yosemite. <laughs> <laughs> um, prospectors in Germany. So again, this is 2014. Um, I assume, you know, while they were prospecting, uh, they discovered the body of a man in a cemetery of th- 340 people. Now, it's like, yeah, you know, when you're digging, you you uncover old burial grounds. It's just, you know, millions and millions, if not billions of people have died. Trillions even. Oh, that's sad. That's a lot of people have died. More that's people it. have died than are currently alive. Correct. So, when you're digging, there's a fair chance you'll run into an old graveyard. Um. So that's not necessarily weird. The weird thing, the strange thing that you just don't see every day, was this body was buried face down. Ass up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The items that were found on the man, which uh, were some coins, a dagger, um, this kind of allowed the the researchers to date... um, not date him. He's he's dead. He's a dead guy. They don't. You know, they wanted him. to date him because he was face down, <laughs> ass up, <laughs> ready to fuck. <laughs> DTF. Um. But no, they 
were able to place him in the era somewhere between 1630 and 1650. Um, but... Uh, yeah, that's, oh, okay. That sentence doesn't make sense. No, that's a bad sentence. <laughs> uh, so basically, the only thing that was left unexplained was why this guy was buried upside down. Couldn't have been an accident. Who knows? Maybe he was just really ugly. Maybe he was just very ugly. Um, but no, it seems that they have uncovered the reason as why this man was buried upside down. It was because people feared that he might be a zombie. Mm, that makes sense. You know, if a zombie wakes up face down, he's very disoriented. He's like, oh, how did I get here? Right. He starts like scratching at the floor, which if he gets through that way, what's, what's he going to do? He's Go just going to dig, dig, dig deeper. deeper? Nobody cares. He's going to dig to China. Oh, we're just going to send all our zombies to China now? <laughs> well, that's what happens when you dig through the earth. You dig to China. I know. I've seen cartoons. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, by reviewing the records, the team found that many people had buried, been buried face down over the past 900 years, especially throughout Central Europe, such as Germany, Switzerland, and Austria. Uh, Amelia, uh, um, um, Amelie? Amelie, probably. Yeah. Amelie Alterage of the Institute of Forensic Medicine at the University of Bern. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what you're looking to me for. Uh, Alec uh, Berg. It's got a good John Houseman name. <laughs> Uh, University of Bern in Switzerland. Uh, she says there was a theory that, the, that someone w- would become a Noxer if they were f- to first die in the community during a pandemic. Uh, she says it stands the reason that people would blame super- supernatural spirits and take action to prevent the dead from returning. That's weird that, you know, over the, you know, the centuries, you know, back millennia, Beliefs, you know, in, in religion, you know, spirituality, that kind of thing, they've changed pretty drastically. Um, you know, beliefs like magic and that kind of stuff have kind of waned in, in favor of science. But something that people have seemingly always believed in was zombies. Seemingly. It's a scary thing. I don't know what a Nakshar is. Zombie, probably. I, I just translated it from German to English, and it says... Nakshar. Mm. <laughs> like that's just the same word. If you Google it, this article is the first thing that comes up. Really? Yeah. See, knock like N-A-C-H, I believe. That's night, isn't it? That's what I thought, yeah. So sure it means. Well, if anybody out there speaks German and knows what a Nakshar is, uh, tell us. We assume it's probably zombie, but we don't know. I took Spanish in high school. I didn't take German. Yeah, same here. Figured Spanish was much more useful. Not that I speak it especially well. I was going to say, now I forgot everything. So. Like, I remember little bits and pieces. Like, I could probably put together a couple sentences, but uh, as far as like holding a conversation, no, there's no way. No. When the cryptos creak and the tombstones quake, ghosts come out for screaming way. Happy haunts materialize and begin to vocalize. Grim grinning ghosts come out to socialize. Now don't close your eyes and don't try to hide or a silly.
All right, it's time for good news, bad news. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> I just want good news. I hate bad news. Well, maybe if you tell me the bad news, but do it in a happy voice, <laughs> it'll lighten the blow. All right, I'll try. So it's going to be good news, then bad news. But I'm going to say the bad news like it's good news. That doesn't mean I'm happy about it. I just want to make sure that's out there. All right. So Disney is making a new Haunted Mansion movie. That's good. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not the Guillermo del Toro version we were all hoping for. Why are you smiling? (laughs) This is terrible news. Ooh. I just peaked like you, a motherfucker. You peaked like a motherfucker. <laughs> Good news. This will have nothing to do with the terrible Eddie Murphy movie. That's good. Because that was bad. It was bad. Uh, I, I, I can't pretend anymore. This is terrible. <laughs> it just gets worse. Uh, the writer of the Ghostbusters remake, Katie Dippold, is penning this script. And in case anybody forgot, that was bad. Yeah. And like, don't just take our word for it. Take it. Take the word of like almost everyone else in the world. Yeah. And it's not because of sexism. No, it's because it was a bad movie. Yeah. But I mean, she's also written The Heat and Snatched. Which were also, well, I mean, I, they, they seemed bad. I saw Heat. It was not good. That's, I've heard not good things. I would never watch Snatched because I don't want Amy Schumer's face ever sullying my living room. Yeah, I don't, I don't care for her. I hate her so much. Like, I remember I saw, like, a stand-up from her... Um. God, it, it must have been like 10 years ago. It was a long time ago. I'm like, she is so unfunny that it's making me angry. <laughs> and then she just, she made another special and another special and another special. And then she got a show. And she got several shows. She's like doing like a cooking show now with her husband. That's weird. She, he, he's, I think he's like a professional chef. It's so weird to me that there's like certain people that they'll make a show and it'll get canceled after like a season. And then they'll just get another show. Like Tim and Eric. How do Tim and Eric keep getting shows? I don't know. Because hipsters think they're funny. No one else does because they keep getting canceled. Yeah, like Amy Schumer's gimmick was like, I'm a girl. Let's see how gross I can be. Yeah. It's like, which, you know, it's just not, it's not funny. <laughs> it's really not. It's not funny when guys do it. It's really <laughs> not. Like there's this one guy, um, Fuck, I can't think of his name. But he's not he's like he's not fat, but he's got like you know, he's like a big guy. He's not in shape, I'll put it that way. And his his whole gimmick is just like, hey, I'm a gross guy. <laughs> Laugh at me because I'm funny. And it's like it's not funny. <laughs> dicks, dicks, dicks. <laughs> well no, like like physically like gross. Like kind of like like I'm not quoting him or anything, but like, I wouldn't put it past him to make a joke like, hey, I ate something out of the gutter. <laughs> it's funny. It's like, no, it's not. It's gross. And even my crabs are like, we got to get out of here. It's <laughs> <laughs> so like, oh, one time I farted into my hand and then I smelled it myself. That's funny. 
Where's that's not a joke. <laughs> that's just that's an ant, that's an antidote. <laughs> and it's a gross one. <laughs> anyway. Um <laughs> moral of the story here is Amy Schumer is not funny. And you know who else is not funny is uh Melissa McCarthy. Nope. And there's probably a good chance she's going to be in this. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. It's so upsetting because, like, of all the Disneyland properties that could be made into a movie, like, Haunted Mansion is by far and away my favorite. Sure. Pirates, close second, which, you know, at least the first one was good. You know, like, the first handful of times I saw it. Yeah. Now I just don't have any interest. But, yeah, when they made that Eddie Murphy movie, it's like, this was such a waste. And then, well, it was probably a couple of years ago, right, when Del Toro said he was going to be making a movie? Yeah. And he had uh, Ryan Gosling attached, too. Really? I don't or in talks. That. I don't know if they were, was ever formally attached. But, but you know, it's like the Haunted Mansion itself. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a Haunted Mansion. It's horror-themed. But it's Disneyland, so it's not it's like over the top. It's spoopy. Spoopy. There you go. And it's like, you know, look at something like Hellboy, where there's this like equal balance of kind of like um like horror and spoop. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Del Toro, he he could have done that. I'm not a huge Del Toro fan, but I think I had faith that he could have made a good movie. This, uh, judging by the three movies that I know of that this Kate Dippold has made or written, uh, I have no hope for it whatsoever. Mm-mm. And it's like we were talking about this before we started recording. It's like, oh yeah, she's done some scripts for Parks and Rec, which is like one of the funniest movies, one of the funniest shows in like the last decade. Sure. But... Paul Feig also wrote and directed a lot of episodes of uh, Arrested Development. And The Office. And The Office. And everything he does is terrible. All of his movies. I like Bridesmaids. Okay. (laughs) I don't agree, but... Uh, This is going to be produced by Dan Lin and Jonathan Eirich, who produced the recent live-action Aladdin Never saw it. It's, it's fine. It's nothing <clears throat> spectacular. It's they did this really weird thing with the Will Smith genie, where it's like it's a new genie, but the same gags. That's why I didn't see it. Like I couldn't remember why I didn't see it. It's because I can't stand Will Smith. Yeah. But it's a it's it's a lot of the same gags, but like the genie has like a different kind of attitude. Because it's Will Smith. Yeah. Not Robin Williams. Yeah. It's like Will Smith. The genie clearly takes on the personas of whoever's playing him. Well, yeah. But it's like, you know, Robin Williams, comedic genius, timeless. Then you got Will Smith, who thinks he's funny. (laughs) And he pays other people to, to think he's funny. Yeah. And his kids. Oh, does he really do that anymore? I have no idea. I haven't seen Jaden Smith in anything, but he, maybe I'm just ignoring him. I don't know. He like he like became pansexual and then just 
I don't know. He got weird. <laughs> He's a weird person now. I don't know what it, I don't know what his deal is. He's just a weird weird person. I don't know what I mean, he celebrities' I, kids often end up being weird people. Yeah, I think maybe it's just like growing up in the spotlight or something. I don't know. But well, it's like I mean, if he's queer, he's queer. I mean, that's good for him. But he's just he's and like I don't even know what he identifies at. I, I don't know if he still identifies as male or or something else or nothing at all. But uh, I didn't even know he came out as pansexual. I honestly haven't heard anything about him in years. Yeah, and, and maybe it wasn't pansexual. You know, put a stamp on it, but. He's different. <laughs> like, I don't, I'm trying to think of a more uh, um, appropriate word for it, but I, I, I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, this is doomed. Yeah, it's so sad. Just make, make a good Haunted Mansion movie. Man, I really want to go back to Disneyland. I know, right? And it's like, the fact that I can't, like, even if, like, even if tomorrow I was like, you know what? I'm going to get on a plane, damn it, and I'm going to go to Disneyland. Like, oh, no, I can't. I can't do that. No, they won't let you in. It's making me want to go more. <laughs> but, you know, the last three times I've been there, two times, uh, it was during Halloween. So, like, it, for Halloween, they make it Nightmare Before Christmas, which is a Christmas movie. God damn it. It's not a Halloween movie. It's both. It's not. It's, it's both. It's not. It is. It t- it literally starts the day a- day after Halloween. So it's not a Halloween movie. It's both. God damn you. Anyway, but when they start their Halloween season, they put every they put lipstick on the on the haunted mansion and make it a Nightmare Before Christmas thing. So I can't just enjoy the haunted mansion as it was intended. Because fucking Jack Skellington's everywhere. and It's like, you want to ruin the, the, the feel of a haunted mansion? Put fucking red ribbons everywhere. That's enough. I'm sorry for you. <laughs> we go to Disney World because Florida doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> like, I, I never want to go to Florida. <laughs> there was a I didn't want to go to Florida before. <laughs> like... Like, I never really wanted to go to Florida, but in my head, I was just like, it might be go- cool to go check out Miami Beach for, like, a week, maybe. But now, that that's gone. Like, I have no desire to go there ever. Okay, uh, so anybody that knows us well, and probably not many of you, because we don't know most of our listeners. It's true. Taylor and I really, really, really love Left 4 Dead 2. Specifically Left 4 Dead 2. Yeah. <laughs> Left 4 Dead 1, or you know, the first one, it's good. It's good. Left 4 Dead 2, even though it's like almost <laughs> like... <laughs> Even though the gameplay is like almost identical, it's just better. Um, mainly, especially because, when you've tied one on. Right? <laughs> especially when you've tied one on, because then everything is heightened. Because like you're playing it normal, and you're like, "Oh no, I hear the witch." You play it drunk, and you're like, "It's the fucking witch! Get, get the fuck!" 
caralho! Where the fuck is she? Yeah, everything is heightened except for your reaction time. <laughs> which makes it all the more challenging. Yeah, because then it becomes, oh, there's the witch! Fuck, fuck, fuck! <laughs> shit, 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 shit! And if you got Chomsky? Oh, oh boy. fucking Chomsky. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, a while back we talked about how the studio that made, or actually people from the studio that made the original games were working on a, quote, spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead, and they were calling that Back 4 Blood. And it had the numeral 4, like Left 4 Dead, just so you know that it's, you know, related yeah yeah you got it um but turtle rock studios uh or no sorry sorry this is val no val doesn't exist anymore i'm confused anyway somebody somewhere has developed a new update the community community that's all they keep saying i don't know who that is but there has been an unofficial, mind you, unofficial update to Left 4 Dead 2. Now, keep in mind that Left 4 Dead 2 is like over a decade old. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know exactly when it came out, but it came out on Xbox 360, and that hasn't been like a, like a, a top-of-the-line play or you know gaming system uh, for a very long time. Um. Yeah, somebody has developed an update for Left 4 Dead 2. Uh, it's called Left 4... Uh, sorry, it's called The Last Stand. Um, hasn't it been detailed exactly what the new update will entail for the, uh, for the game, but the update looks to add a survival map from the original Left 4 Dead into the Left 4 Dead 2 game. Uh, let's see. Who said this? Oh, this is the synopsis. Oh, okay. Uh, the synopsis is, it has been many years since the infection first hit. Radio silence. No sign of life. Nothing but lingering hopes. Sita is not going to save us. But there is hope. A few brave souls have continued the fight against all odds. And soon we can all benefit from their resilience. I am so fucking hyped. <laughs> like, this isn't much to go on, but god damn it. Like, any reason to get shit housed and play left for dead too <laughs> like you don't have to you sell can just drink a whole bottle of champagne <laughs> <clears throat> probably not gonna drink champagne i still have another bottle in the fridge if you want to <laughs> is it the it's a little bit of the bubbly <clears throat> um yeah i mean we don't know when this is happening exactly but Looking forward to it. And maybe, you know, uh was last year, I guess, for the Horror Addicts uh, Creepy Crawl, we did an hour of live streaming where we played Left 4 Dead 2. For about half an hour, because it took us about half an hour to figure out how to work the fucking thing. We got it working, didn't we? Eventually. But, I mean, it didn't take that long. I feel like we had most of the kinks worked out before we started actually streaming. Never mind. It's not important. But... I know what I'm doing now. <laughs> um, so I think that once this comes out, we should do some live streaming where we get really fucked up 
And people can watch us play Left 4 Dead 2. And just scream and scream. People are not going to watch it. <laughs> but we'll still have fun. Is that all they do is scream? <laughs> <clears throat> Left 4 Dead 2. Back for Blood, The Last Stand. <laughs> Give me a head with hair. Long, beautiful hair. Shining, gleaming, streaming, flaxen, waxen. Give me down to there. Shoulder length longer. Here, baby, there, mama. Everywhere, daddy, daddy, Did we first see this at Crypticon? I don't... I don't think we did. I think we saw it elsewhere. But I don't remember where. Did she just send it to us? I don't think so. But it, like, I remember sitting there in the screening room with Luchagor watching it. Yeah. Like, I have a, a memory of that. But I feel like, in, like, within that memory was a memory of having seen it before. <laughs> and I don't remember when. Like Inception. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I, I could be wrong because you know, no, I feel the same though. I feel like we watched it. It wasn't a film festival submission, was it? Maybe it was Bone Bat. That's not really comedy, though. Well, they don't play those comedies. Whatever. Um, <clears throat> in order to not butcher her last name, I'm just going to call her Jill Six. I think it's Givarzian. Okay. Uh, she made a short film called The Stylist. Starring Najara Townsend. And she has since developed that into a feature film, which will be seeing its international premiere at the Sitges Film Festival in Catalonia, Spain next month. Like the short fancy. Yeah. España. <laughs> this song goes out to the people of España. 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 But they don't. <laughs> Uh, like the short, this one stars Najara Townsend as well as Brea Grant, who you would recognize from many things. <laughs> uh, God, what, what's probably the most notable role? Um, I think the first thing I ever <clears throat> saw her in was Dexter. She was a lab tech for like a few episodes. She was in Halloween, like Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Yeah. Anyway, go anyway, ahead. <laughs> um, I'm sure you would recognize her from something. She's been in things. Uh, so this was written by, what, how'd, how'd you say it? Gavarzian. Okay. I uh, think. As well as Eric Havens and Eric Stoltz, but not that Eric Stoltz. <laughs> you have me going for a sec, man. <laughs> not Marty McFly. Marty Eric McFly Stoltz. himself. <laughs> Man, I wonder how many times he's had to handle that in his life. <laughs> Especially being an actor. Or a writer, in this case. Always, always right. Okay, sorry. Uh, the synopsis for The Stylist. Did I ever say the name? I don't remember if I said the name. I have no idea. <laughs> but it, Well, it's called The Stylist. Uh, a lot of people visit Claire's hairdressing chair, and sometimes her scissors cut something more than just hair, if you know what I mean, allowing her to take a unique souvenir back to her lonely home to add to her peculiar collection. Nails. Cut nails. Yep. She just cuts their nails, and they're like, I came in for a haircut, not a manicure. There's nail clippers. Yep. 
and then they get mad because she cuts them too short. <laughs> and then it burns. Yeah, for like three days, and it hurts. <laughs> Until finally they grow out far enough. And it always put it always pushes your quick back, so your nail just gets longer and longer. Um, but the day that Olivia, one of her regular customers, asks her to create a special hairstyle for her wedding, her secret lifestyle threatens to be exposed. Ooh. I'm very curious to how to see how this would translate to a feature, because the the short was pretty short, if I remember correctly. I want to say it was like five minutes. Uh, but yeah, five to ten minutes, somewhere in there, I think. Um, it played well as a short. It was a good. It was a good short. Yeah. Um, I mean, they. This synopsis gives away the ending of the short, but. Does it? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of ambiguous. But regardless. Um, Unless you believe us about the fingernails. <laughs> <laughs> she takes fingernail clippings back as souvenirs. <laughs> um, but yeah, like unless they just like that's just the movie. She just does that to people throughout for for an hour and a half. Like I don't really know what else to add. I'm, pr- I'm probably oversimplifying it. Like there's probably a really easy way to add something. <laughs> well, I mean, there, you have this new character. Of uh, Olivia, who I assume is Brea Grant. I don't know for sure, but one could assume. Um, and you know, it says her secret lifestyle threatens to be exposed. So there's got to be something, some kind of like cat and mouse thing or go, something going on there. Or maybe she like is into it. Hmm. <laughs> they, they they team up. Yeah. It's kind of like what happened in Dexter. Like her character in Dexter, she was like really into like serial killers, so she'd steal shit from crimes like uh from the evidence locker and like sell it on eBay. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So there you go. <laughs> it's gonna be cool. Yeah. I, I I really enjoyed the short. Yeah, it was good. Um and I'm I'm interested to see what they do for a feature maybe jill she we've seen a few different things of hers i can't remember what else because my brain's not functioning at full capacity right now but um i recall liking her stuff i don't remember seeing anything else of hers give her give her go far 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 Let's see. IMDb. Uh, BFF Girls, 42 Counts. I think he somebody. Dark Web. (laughs) (laughs) I need to find something on the Dark Web. Oh, Call Girl with Tristan Risk. Ah. Another short. Yes, yes. Anyway, that's enough. Yeah, I'll be looking forward to it when it comes out. When it when it comes out in the in the Americas. Yeah, after they're, they're done looking at it in España. <clears throat> it was a zombie jamboree took place in a New York cemetery. 
It was a zombie jamboree Took place in a New York cemetery Zombies from all parts of the island Some of them was a great Calypsonians Although the season was... So we talked before about Zack Snyder getting back into the zombie uh, world. This was a while ago, wasn't it? Or have we talked about it multiple times? We talked about times? it multiple times. We talked about when he first made it, and then we talked about something about it. Like, just recently, like last episode, maybe? It's, it's, it's I have something a about feeling it. that we did. But. Oh, it was because uh, the fucking Crystalea had to be written out of it. <laughs> right. Uh, well, um, yeah, so, I mean, if you didn't catch the previous episode or you're not aware, Zack Snyder uh, going back to... Uh, the zombie world since since his remake of Dawn of the Dead. Uh, he's making a film with Netflix called Army of the Dead. Um, and uh, yeah, it's not even out yet. I don't think they're even done filming because they did have to boot Chris D'Elia and then recast him with Tig Notaro and then... And digitally insert her in. Right, which is weird, but like, because... <laughs> like Crystalia, he's a big man. Not big, but he's tall. He's tall. He's a very tall man. And Tignataro is a tiny lady. Yeah. Which, like, the fact that they're replacing her or pre- replacing him with her is not like my issue. I just I don't get it. It's like it's you're completely changing the character. But anyway, um, so, like, yeah, they're not even done with it yet. Um, but yeah, he's six two, she's five five. It's a, such a. I don't understand. Like, they're, they, ha- I imagine, like, unless she's not playing like a very prominent character, like, I just don't understand how they can just change a character like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we have no idea what the character is, so we have no idea how prominent they are. Or... Anyway, but. <clears throat> Um, yeah, so before the movie's even done, let alone released, Netflix has already started working on a prequel, or, uh, so a prequel film, right? Prequel film and an animated series. I don't, I don't understand why, but, um... Let's see. Oh, so this an international prequel. I don't understand what that means. I don't either. Does that mean that it's not coming out in the United States, or is it like, uh, a, like set internationally? I, that I mean, if I had to guess, that would be what it is. Oh, it's an anime series. Maybe that's what they mean by international. No, because that's separate. There's the anime series, and additionally, an international prequel. Right. So there's two prequel things coming out this is so weird this is jumbled as fuck it's like they haven't even proven that army of the dead is even any good yeah there's like no demand for this right now it's like i feel like there's not even a well except for like the horror sites just reporting on it because they need content i feel like there's not even like a lot of buzz about it no not really i'm still waiting for the snyder cut of it though <laughs> um uh okay so shay hatton uh, is writing the prequel and the animated series 
with Math- um, Matthias Schweighofer. Schweig Schweighofer Hofer. Cheeky cheeky. Bort bort bort. Apparently, Shea Hatton wrote John Wick 3. Okay. That was awesome. It was a good movie. That's it. That's the only not, thing. not because of the writing, just because it was awesome. <laughs> uh, oh, we saw Bill and Ted, by the way. That's that's a little bit uh, of, a, of, a, of a dereliction. If, that's not the right word. Is it? Can I use that word? I don't know. Anyway. Looks like he also wrote uh, John Wick 4. It's not even out yet. No, it's in pre-production. 2022. 2022, y'all. Okay. If the world makes it that long. We'll see. But yeah, Bill and Ted 3. Not so bad. And people are raving about it, and I'm like, it wasn't that good. Like, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't that good. It's definitely not the best of the three. No. I saw somebody say, I've never laughed so hard. And I was like, I can't remember any part where I like laughed out loud. Uh, not like a like a full on belly laugh. No, no, like chuckled. Yeah, exactly. But it was, it was fine. It's, I mean, for resurrecting a franchise that had been dead for close to thirty years, sure, right. Um. Uh, okay. Anyway. So, Shea Hatton's on board to write the prequel and the animated series with Matthias Schweighofer. Schweighofer? Hofer? It's got the dots over the O. It's an umlaut. Is that an umlaut? Isn't it? Pretty sure. Unless that's just for the U one. I thought the dots were dots themselves. You're right. You're right. Okay. Uh, He is directing the prequel that will center on the character... Center, oh, center on his character from the Army of the Dead. Uh, Lost Vegas, which is the... Which one? Series. It's the series. Okay, so the anime series will center on Dave Batista's character from Army of the Dead. Uh, and Variety is reporting that Zack Snyder himself will be directing two episodes of the series. So wait, just so I'm clear, Shea Hatton is in Army of the Dead? Yes, and so he's writing a prequel about his character. Is that am I understanding this correctly? That's what I read. Whether that is like actual, like it, whether that's accurate, I don't know. But those are the words that are written on this page. <laughs> that does not appear to be the case because I'm not seeing him as an actor in anything. I don't understand then. I don't either. Wait, maybe Matthias Schweighofer is in it. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe. That would make more sense because I think he, the, he's, he's the pronoun in the his. He's the subject in that sentence. Yes. Let's see. Uh, actor Ludwig Dieter. That's who he plays. Ludwig Dieter. Dieter. Dieter from Sprockets. That was the time on Sprockets in which we dance. (laughs) 
Do you want to touch my monkey? <laughs> touch him. Love him. Sprockets uh, <laughs> was so stupid, but so funny at the same time. That was a lot of SNL. Huh? I think that was a lot of SNL. Yeah. And like a lot of... Like forever. <laughs> a lot of Mike Myers specifically, too. Yeah. It's like... Even his movies, he was yeah. just like, I'm just going to make a character, and it's just going to be stupid. But don't worry. It'll be funny. But I'm and I'm, I'm going to beat it to death. <laughs> yeah. And my characters will get progressively worse. <laughs> <laughs> By the time Love Guru comes out, no one will care about me anymore. <laughs> he just... He really just disappeared off the face of the earth after, after that. Pretty much. Like, I see him, like, he, like, pops up at, like, red carpet things every once in a while, but... People are like, Mike Myers, what the fuck are you doing here? I didn't even recognize him. Like, I saw a picture of him, and I didn't recognize him at first, because he's, like, he's like, completely gray now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Anyway. So that's Army of the Dead. Lost Vegas. All about Batista. Yay. He walks alone. Uh, Darren Lynn Bousman, who you would know as making some Saw movies. And that one guy that I almost talked to once. <laughs> yep. That's what most people know him as. <laughs> that's how I know him. Like, personally, on a personal level, That's that was the connection that he and I almost had. When people talk about, like, hey, did you hear Darren Lynn Bousman is making a new movie? And they're like, oh, that guy that Tony from Great Flop Podcast almost talked to you once? <laughs> the other person's like, I didn't understand anything you just said. <laughs> what <are> you... <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> By the way, how many movies are there called Spiral? Uh, at least two that I there's I'm at aware least of. three that I'm aware of. Oh, because there's the Adam Green one. There's one that just hit Shutter, and then there's the new Saw movie is called Spiral. Oh, I've, I, actually, I forgot about the Adam Green one, like the one that just went on Shutter. That was the other one I was thinking of. So yeah, three. What the fuck? <laughs> um. Anyways, which Bassman's directing that, right? The Saw one? Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, in addition to doing that, which has been delayed a year, um, Darren Lynn Bousman is once again apparently making an immersive haunt experience for Halloween this year. He, uh, he famously made the tension experience, which we talked about on this show a few years ago, I think. Did we? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and then he apparently had follow-ups called Ascension and Lust. And Theater Macabre, which th- th- this is the first I'm hearing of any of those. Yeah, that's news to me. But this year he kicked things off uh, by playing a little game on Instagram, which you tagged me in. I had no idea what the fuck it was. <laughs> did you Did you go through it, though? Yeah. Yeah. Or did you research it first? No, I just did everything it told me not to do. Okay. But I never got to this website, so I did something wrong, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, there was this account called Do Not View My Profile. And, you know, of course, then you... Instagram. Did you say that? I think so. It's an Instagram account. I meant Just to if I Taylor did say. Um, it's do.not underscore view.my.profile, which 
when you view it, because of course you're gonna. Yeah. Because you don't fucking listen. <laughs> Just like me. <laughs> I didn't fucking listen. Um, it's like you view the profile and it's like, do not click this link and do not do this. And, do not, and you just go down this rabbit hole of doing all these things that you're told not to do. Yeah. And eventually it leads to a website called one day die. Yeah. It's sorry. It's just, I want to step in here. Like the only reason I found this was because this, uh, magician that I follow on Instagram and he's a YouTuber. If you may have like Chris Ramsey's his name. Um, you may have heard of him before. He's, it's pretty popular on YouTube, so I don't know. But um, he was actually some kind of consultant on Spiral. I don't know in what capacity. I don't know if he's actually in it or not. Um, he's a magic consultant. Like, I think, because he does a lot of puzzles. Like, like, when he first started his YouTube channel, he did, like, magic tricks and, like, would do, like, tutorials and stuff, a lot of card tricks and stuff like that. Since then, he's moved into, like, solving a lot of puzzles. Hmm. Um, and like, th- there's like a world of puzzles out there that I wasn't even aware of. Like, um, you know, like there's a, like a puzzle scale of like difficulty like one to 10. And he solves these ones that are like nines, tens. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, I mean, that's, that's kind of where, where he gets his, a lot of his traffic now is doing these puzzles. So I have to think that he was He's like a puzzle consultant. Probably. Yeah. I don't know if he was like helping design them or like how to like like the traps and stuff. Yeah. But anyway, um he so there's this image that goes with this. It's a circle with a line through it. And he posted it in his Instagram story, tagged this do not view my profile. And that that's kind of how I fell into this rabbit hole and then I sent it to you when I was finished with it cuz thought you might get a kick out of it. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember what I got to, but I got to something and I was like, okay, I can't figure out what to do now. So this was stupid. (laughs) (laughs) It just seemed like it led to a dead end, but I must've done something wrong. Idiot. Anyways, (laughs) uh, you can skip all that and just go straight to one day die.com. Um, so why don't you take the lead on this since I haven't been to this site? Uh, there's not a lot to it as of right now. Um, you go to the website. And it just, it starts asking you a series of questions. Okay. So I'm, 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 I'll just walk through it now. It says, do you believe in the paranormal? Uh, let's say yes. Have you ever lost someone close to you? Yes. Have you ever attempted to speak with the dead? No. Would you? Hmm. Provocative. <laughs> yes. Mm, yes. <laughs> Are you willing to explore what scares you? I'll be honest, no. <laughs> <laughs> Seek elsewhere. Yeah, and see, like, if you answer negatively to any of those questions, it says, you know, seek elsewhere. Basically, if you get through it, it has you fill out, you know, like a, like a contact sheet. I think it's your name, an email address. I think maybe birth date. I can't remember exactly. And it tells you about, you know, sending something to your, would you, or I think it like asks you, would you bring something that we send you into your home? Um, and it doesn't say, it doesn't say what it is. It gives no indication what they're talking about. Okay. If you, if you open your door to find a box from us, will you accept it into your home? Yeah. And like, there's no explanation. 
Like there's, it doesn't tell you what's going on. And this contact sheet doesn't ask for your home address. Doesn't, I don't think it asks for your phone number, nothing. It's just your name, email address. And city. And c- city. Okay. Um, and that's it. But it basically, all the clues basically say, you know, wait for October, you know, and don't open the, or it says don't open the box until October. <clears throat> and I don't really know what the story is with the box. Like, I don't know what the box is. I don't know at what point I'm going to get the box, if I am going to get a box, because I feel like they'd need my address to send me anything. Yeah, that's super weird. Unless they email you later and ask for it. And that's, that's, I'm kind of, you know, I, I signed it up for my email address where I send a lot of stuff where I know I'll get junk mail. Um, So I usually, when I'm going through that mailbox, I just, I'm rapid fire deleting things. So, but now I'm like keeping a close watch yeah. to make sure I don't accidentally delete something. Um, I don't know. It, it was intriguing. Like, even though I have no idea what's going on. So it was, I'm on their about page. It says, this is not a profitable endeavor. There are easier ways to make money. Something this precious would demand a great price for greater than what you could manage. But we feel you deserve to know what we know. Therefore, we sell an indulgence. We sell permission to pass for a small price. You'll be given this indulgence, which will permit you on this journey. With that, we will send a box to your home. It is of the utmost. Come on, guys. It is of the utmost importance. Do not open the box until instructed by your guide. It is dangerous, and its tampering would come with irreversible consequences. We're trusting you. Like all great feats of man, there is expertise, there are rules, or there is no survival. It is with a caring hand that we will guide you to equip yourself with the contents of your box so you can see what lies on the other side so you can know what we know. Every indulgence will come with a box and you will be assigned a guide. You will learn, you will face the fear that man has fled since the very beginning and you'll never leave your home. Yeah, so that's great. What have I gotten myself into? (laughs) Uh, You know, I'm not... A, a paranormal guy, like I don't believe in ghosts, and I, you know I've been over that countless times on the show. Um, but this was intriguing to me. Remember when you got the finger? Yeah, man, in the mail, not just like some guy on the highway. Well, it's, we talked about this on the show. Um, I don't remember exactly when, so I can't point you towards specific episodes. But yeah, I got a finger in a in a, in a jar. So like a, a test tube. Weird, weird stuff. Anyway, all right. Well, I'm on some kind of list now, so <laughs> yeah. So we'll let you know in October. <laughs> Probably, maybe. What's in the box? <laughs> I'm just wondering at what point they're gonna get my address, because if I don't give them my address and, and then something, something shows, shows up, up my house, I'm be very put off. I'm I'm calling Google. I would be <laughs> like, "Did you give them my fucking address?" <laughs> Because you're not supposed to be doing that. And they're going to be like, no. <laughs> wink. <laughs> Wait, did you just say wink? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, guys. That's horror business for you. We got off course several times. Yeah, that'll happen. That will happen. <laughs> but we made it to the end. What's next, Taylor? Movie reviews.
All right. For today's movie reviews, we are uh, going to be doing our salute to Western horrors. I like how we always do that even though no one can see us. <laughs> I know. It's a tradition. You don't mess with tradition. Um, but it, Western horrors meaning like, uh, like, like Westerns, like Clint Eastwood. Cowboys. John Wayne. That, yeah. That kind of shit. Um, we uh, did the new film, uh, which is it's a Shudder film, but it's not a Shudder exclusive, which was really fucking irritating. Um, the Pale Door. And the 1999 movie, too many nines. The 1999 movie Ravenous, which, and then speaking of Shudder, if you Google Ravenous streaming, it pops up with Shudder and then you click on it and it says, oh, gremlins are in the whatever. That's stupid. You get a 404 message. God damn it. Like, don't tell me it's on there if it's not fucking on there. Don't, don't tell me it's a Shudder movie, period. Like, Take Shutter completely out of the opening cards, because if I see it there, I'm gonna think that I should have not paid for this, <laughs> and I'm gonna get really mad. But anyway, Ravenous is apparently a western. Like Wikipedia calls it a western. It's on lists of horror or, or western horrors. Um, I never personally considered it a western, but here we are. Um. Okay, which one do you want to start with, Taylor? Let's start with The Pale Door. Woman. We ain't gonna sell her. That ain't what we do. If you take me to my home, there would be a handsome reward. This way to the brothel. Gentlemen, please make yourselves at home. <laughs> I understand there was a reward. Of course. Handsome sum for these handsome men. Don't be afraid. What just happened? We gotta get out of this too. Either find our way out of this, or go down swinging. More like the pale horror. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, it does, but there's like no context for it. So. <laughs> Um, yes, this is brand new, came out, uh, August 21st, 
It's uh, directed by Aaron Kuntz, who uh, you looked up earlier, and now I can't remember what I recognized him from. He did something else that I knew of. Idiot. Uh, Scare Package? Starry Eyes? Oh, Starry Eyes, yeah. It's a producer. Well, <clears throat> whatever. He was involved with it. Uh, so this starts out with these two young boys. Young boys. Young or boys. Or I say young men. Playing tiddlywinks. Um, Jacob and Duncan, they're two brothers and their dad comes in in the middle of the night, wakes them up and tells them, you know, that the house is being raided by thieves or marauders or whatever. And they, they got to go. <laughs> we got to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, both their parents get capped and so they go off with, um, what was, what was his name? Uh, Lester. Lester. I was going to say Lucas, but I didn't feel right. Not the molester. No. Well, I hope not. <laughs> There's a big gap between then and the rest of the movie, so we don't know what happened in that time. But There are no rules in the Old West. <laughs> they're still friends with Lester, so... Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Let's stop talking about that right now. <laughs> Flash forward however many years, current day. <laughs> uh, um, Duncan is now played by Zachary Knighton, and I don't know how I'm supposed to take him seriously. I, nope. <laughs> it he, did not happen. He just is Dave Rose. <laughs> and I just, every time he talked, I expect him to be like, let me back up again. I uh, didn't. I don't. Happy well, endings. Well, I've never watched it. I just seen him in other stuff. Where oh, he plays a fucking goofball. So I don't like. You've never watched Happy Endings? Mm-mm. Oh, dude, it's so good. So good. Oh, I've seen it. I don't know, half a dozen times probably. The only thing is that uh, they they aired the episodes out of order. That's dumb. Because you know it's like, oh, this show's not doing well. Let's put all the good episodes out now mm. instead of actually doing it in chronological order. And then when it went on Hulu, they didn't fix it. They just put them in the same order. And I'm like, That's stupid. Put them in the right order, Hulu. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Pull your finger out of your ass. That's what I said. Pull your finger out of your ass. Anyway, uh, for some reason, Jake and Duncan are now like 20 years apart in age. <laughs> Did you notice that? I mean, when they were kids, it seemed like they were like six or seven years apart. I wouldn't even say that much, but. I, yeah, I was being generous with that. I was was going to say five. Then I was like, yeah, maybe it's a little more. <laughs> but now legitimately, like I looked up the age of the actors and it's like Zachary uh, Knighton is 41 and Devin Druid, who plays um, Jake, is tw- uh, 22. Seven. <laughs> <laughs> He's still a child. <laughs> Jake just stopped aging once his parents died. <laughs> That's how that works. But no, he's 22, so there's like legitimately almost 20 years in between them. That's weird. But Duncan is now the leader of the uh, the Dalton gang. Yeah. Which is just this rogue band of outlaws with uh, him and Noah Segan just 
being a goof. <laughs> like he's just the comic relief in this gang. Yeah. He's like I mean, he's not like a like an A-list actor, but he's just like he's a familiar face. Right. Especially if you're you know, an indie horror fan. Indie, yeah. yeah. Uh he had like almost no lines in the entire movie. Like I could probably count on my on one hand how many lines he had. Yeah. But just, he does have a Pratt fall out of a chair. A Pratt fall? Yeah. I'm not familiar familiar with that. Just term. like a you know, comic relief uh um physical comedy fall. Oh, okay. But like they're playing poker and something happens and he's just like Whoa! <laughs> And, and the whole like, room laughs in unison. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, Noah. <laughs> uh, also, Pat Healy is part of this gang. He's like their navigator or something. He's like drawing maps while they're at the bar. Yeah, I guess. I don't. I love that this bartender like just lets him come in and hang out. Yeah. There's like wanted posters of them. <laughs> and they're like, oh, new posters. And he's like, oh, yeah, Sheriff brought him in. Bounty went up a thousand dollars. Gonna get you another sarsaparilla. <laughs> That's what they drink in the old west. Sars- right, sarsaparilla. Mm-hmm. Not oh. to be confused with sarsaparilla. That's all they had. It was hard times. Just sarsaparilla and beer. Right. Just one beer, like in Bill and Ted. You know what's funny to me is like, like in the old west. Couldn't drink the water. The water was well. You could, and people did, but it was dirty. It wasn't. I mean, wasn't anywhere near the the level of water quality that we have now. But you have to figure that same water is being used to make beer. You would think, or you know, just alcohol in general. And unless that stuff's just full of like piss water and shit and grass and tiny rocks. It's like you have to assume they're filtering it. It's like, why can't they just filter the water? Right. <laughs> so people could drink it and just, not get scurvy. Because at, at some point in the brewing process, there's a filtration. So what if we just stop there? Yeah. And let it just take some of that water <laughs> and just give it to some people. <laughs> filter the water and don't make beer. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't understand. Wait, what do you do with it? What do you do with <laughs> the water then? <laughs> Anyway, anyway, so yeah, they're, you know, this gang, we, they go in the bar where, um, Jake is working and they like save him from getting his ass beat by an old, old man. And meanwhile, one of them is outside having a shootout with some random guy that apparently he's got beef with. Right. Cause they're just like, not again. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking guy. But he ends up getting shot and dying. And they're like, well, you know, we need six or whatever it is for our, our big heist that's coming up. It's always a big heist. <laughs> and there's always like an exact number. <laughs> we can't do this with only five people. It has <laughs> to be six. Um, and so Jake's like, you know, all right, I'll do it. And they're like, nobody fucking asked you. <laughs> you don't have to twist my arm. But. Finally, Duncan relents. Let's Jake come along because they have to have six. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Noah Segan is trying on the dead guy's clothes. It's like, oh, you. <laughs> He's like, how do I look? 
One of the guys was like, you look like shit. <laughs> so he kicks the dead guy. <laughs> but so they go and they do their big, big train heist. And it's one of those moments where like they all, you know, put the bandanas over their face because they're outlaws. Yeah. And then they get on the train and they immediately take them off and announce who they are. <laughs> I was like, why are you wearing masks in the first place? At the moment you get on the train, you're like, tell them it's Golden Joe and the Suggins gang. <laughs> <laughs> then they shoot Suggins into the wall with a machine gun. <laughs> but, you know, it was the Old West, so you wouldn't get caught. As long as you were gone by the time the cops got there. Because mm-hmm. then they'd be like, hey, there's some blood over here. <laughs> Hmm, gross. <laughs> yeah, people would just be like, oh, it was the, uh, what was their name? The, the Dalton gang. It was, that, it was that damn Dalton gang again. And the sheriff would just toss his hat on the floor and be like, damn Dalton gang. <laughs> Dag nabbit. <laughs> they got away again. Our nations. Because <laughs> they're, they're prospectors. <laughs> well, they're all prospectors. It's the Old West. <laughs> Manifest Destiny and all that <laughs> stuff. Oregon Trail. <laughs> Dysentery. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they, they get the, the the bounty, the whatever it is they were there to get. It's this big chest. And they open it up and there's <laughs> the, a... The booty. Yeah. Because they're pirates now. Right. <laughs> um, they steal it and they open it up and there's a girl inside. And they're like, what the hell is this? God damn it. And they're all just like, this is not what we wanted. But, you know, clearly somebody wanted it because somebody was going to pay big money for it. So we'll just kidnap her. Right? <laughs> That's what you do. And everyone else is kind of like, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, they didn't have a plan. It's like, oh, she's in a trunk and she was being guarded by like six guys. So she must be valuable. Yeah. So let's take her. Well, they have the name of the guy that was paying the money to get her. Cotton something. Oh, that's right. Cotton Mathers. Yeah. The fourth. Now, anybody familiar with that name? I thought it sounded familiar, but I didn't recognize. Well, Cotton Mathers was the the reverend of the Salem witch trials. Oh. So presumably, this is his great-grandson. Daughter. Hmm? Oh, that Cotton Mathers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I knew it sounded familiar, but I didn't place it. Mm. But yeah, so they just decide, you know, well, clearly this Cotton Mathers guy is willing to pay big money, so we'll we'll just take her to him and get the money. But in the aftermath, Duncan gets shot, and uh, this this girl um, Pearl, she says, you know, I'm from this town that's not too far away, and they're like, oh, there are doctors there. Fuck's sake. But so she says, you know, I'm, I'm from this town that's not too far from here. You now I got their doctors there. And she said, yeah, you know, it's, it's a town. There's people there. But so we they have doctors. <laughs> so they, decide, <laughs> they decide they're going to take Duncan there because they're not going to make it to wherever their Cotton Mathers was. Um, so they're going to take him back to this town to get checked out. They get to the town and Pearl says, you know, oh, I'm going to take him to go see mother. 
They're like, mother? She's like, yeah, at the brothel. And they're like, oh, well, all right. And they're like, oh, mother. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they, they say something like, you know, is this going to be okay? And should, should we go with him? And Noah Stegan is like, she did say brothel. <laughs> <laughs> and they all just kind of look at him like this. Oh, Noah. So they all go to the brothel and, you know, do what you do at a brothel. Will they fuck? Drink and fuck. <laughs> Will they fuck? Probably. Meanwhile, mother and some other ladies take Duncan upstairs and start working on his wound. And mother, who's named Maria. Mother. Mother. She starts uh, striking up a conversation with Jake. And she tells him, you know, uh, listen, we're all witches who were burned. <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> and uh, Pearl is her daughter. She was born, was it she 2,000 years ago or 200 years ago? That'd be 200. I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah. She said it was two, 200 years ago. Yeah, that, that, that night. That, yeah. <clears throat> and so that, you know, some kind of anniversary. So they were having a party or whatever. But, um, and then they all kind of turn into these burnt up, I mean, witches. They, they kind of look like the witches from the witches, the rolled doll witches. Yeah, but you, like, you know, witches. But like burnt. Right. Like yeah, Angelica Houston in the witches, but yeah. burnt. Yeah. I mean, just, like hunched over, stringy hair, long big pointy noses. nose, yeah, <clears throat> but crispy, yeah, so crispy. And so then they have like a big gunfight, and eventually they just let him go, and uh, uh, yeah, and they're just kind of fighting witches for the rest of the movie, and then some stuff happens at the end that I won't give away. Yeah, I mean. Uh that's that's what happens. Yep. There's not a lot to it. Not particularly. I mean, I was like trying to kind of help you beef up the explanation along the way, and just there wasn't really much to go on because you're pretty much covering it. Just <laughs> yeah, just, there wasn't really a lot lot to like spice it up, you know. It's like yeah, these guys they go into this town with witches, and then. And then they turn into witches. They really reveal themselves, and then there's a gunfight. Because and... it's the Old West. Right. Apparently. Which is weird. So she says, like, oh, Pearl was born in this town 200 years ago after I was burned in the st- burned at the stake for being a witch. And it's like, they, I don't think they specifically said where it was. Did they? Somebody said they were from Salem. But they they didn't say it was in Salem. They said they were from Salem. It was the reverend guy or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But this was two hundred years ago, so this was this wasn't even Cotton Mather's the fourth, which I didn't really grasp at the at the beginning. That was the original Cotton Mather's. So I thought it was weird that his two cronies were wearing like the Puritan hats, mm. being in the old west. It's like I don't <laughs> think people wear those anymore. Um, but no. 
Let's see, this is, I mean, it was filmed in Oklahoma. Yeah, I don't think they ever say where it, where it takes place. But, I mean, it's a Western, so you presume it takes place in, like, the West somewhere. <laughs> right. But definitely not Salem. No. And, like, the movie, like, 200 years ago, um, Maria, that was her name, right? Yeah. She died in this town. It's like, I don't think there were any American towns past the East Coast 200 years before that because they were still settling the colonies then. <laughs> yeah. So that didn't make any sense. It's a fair point. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a small thing, but, you know, when you, when, when you think about it, it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, why were there Puritan witches in the middle of America sometime during the mid 1600s? Yeah, I mean, California didn't exist until 1850. That's when it was admitted to the Union. Yeah, like, I mean, it's even when... Uh, so if this was 200 years afterwards, that's like 1890s. Yeah, we, I mean, when America <clears throat> was founded as a country, when it declared its independence, there were still 13 colonies. Yeah. And they all, were all, like, mostly on the West or on the East Coast. Right. Like, they went as far in as, like... Virginia, I think. <laughs> anyway. I don't think they started, like, expanding really far until, like, probably for, like, another 30 years. I don't know. It's been a while since I took history classes. Yeah, I mean, you would definitely think it was somewhere in the West and would, like you said, there was there was no West then. Right. And it's like... it. <laughs> but she said it was in this town. So I, but why would this guy come all the way from Salem to find her? Yeah, I don't know. Like, well, it's like he said that like he came to the town to find witches. Yeah. Which is fine because that's what he did. Like he was a witch hunter of sorts. That was his like historical value. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Also, so he was Cotton Mathers the first. I forget what his dad's name was, but he, I'm pretty sure he was the first Cotton Mathers. He wasn't like Junior. So the fourth would make him his great grandson. That doesn't seem like 200 years. No, because they like, would have to have had a child at 50. Yeah, like. Each one of them. That wasn't common back then. I don't know. Like, I don't mean to punch holes in this, but it's like when you're not, we don't have a, like a very thick plot. You know, the, the things that are there, they don't make sense. Then you start picking it apart. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, I didn't think it was particularly interesting. Like, I, I mean, it seemed very visual focused. Like they were like, you know, we don't have much of a story, but we got some cool visuals. So yeah, I mean, you know, that'll make it last. When they reveal them, when the witches reveal themselves in the in the brothel, and they're like climbing on the ceilings and shit, and that like, was cool. And like yeah, like jumping up to the. It felt very demon night. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the witches themselves look pretty cool. 
Um, but just the story wasn't there. And like, even like the action sequences, like aside from like the scene in the brothel, like, you know, the train heist, which you'd think would be very interesting, just really wasn't. There wasn't a whole lot to it. Yeah. They like stopped. It happened very quickly. Yeah. They stopped the train because they put some obstruction on the tracks in the pitch black. Like a tray would have just plowed through that. Right. So the trains need like half a mile to slow down if they're running at full speed. Um, yeah, and then they just get on the train. They're like, all right, you suckers or whatever. People. Just liver sh- lily <laughs> yellow bellied. Just shut up and give us your expensive stuff and then the fuck. Uh but they don't even rob the people on the train. They were only there for that chest. That's right. Yeah. So, which makes it even less interesting. <laughs> it's like these are the worst train robbers. Yeah. Because they're not actually robbing people on the train. Anyway. Which, I mean, if you're going to rob the train, you might as well, right? Like, If you're there. Right. You already <laughs> got the guns out. Um, I don't know. It's... I don't really know what to say about it aside from it just wasn't that much to it. It wasn't especially interesting. Well, yeah. And then like after they leave the, the brothel, like just, it just gets kind of weird. Like Pat Healy is like possessed or something. Yeah. Or some, or something like, I, I really don't know what exactly he basically turns into Sam Neill in event horizon more or less. Yeah. And there's a lot of involvement with crows, which, you know, I feel like that would have made a lot more sense if they were dealing with like Native Americans because there's a lot of like crow imagery in, in Native American mm-hmm. lore. Um, but I don't know. Crows are evil sons of bitches, though. They're terrible. They're fucking awful. Uh, I don't know if you did you see Rainer's story on Instagram? Mm, no. Uh, I don't. I don't. Apparently, like there's some crows just were pecking at a little baby bunny what the fuck like pecked at its eyes and stuff while it was alive yeah so rainer and i don't i don't know if it was just him or somebody else took him to the emergency vet looks like he's gonna be okay now but or you know relatively speaking and crows remember faces yeah you know like they're gonna come after rainer now (laughs) during a breeding season or like if they have uh, a nest with with eggs in it nearby, they will dive bomb you, like in the back of the head. Um, and uh, but they they won't dive bomb you to your face. Like they'll, <laughs> like little chicken shits, they'll just hit you from the back. But if you're like looking at them, they won't do it. <laughs> Fucking cowards. <laughs> anyway. I don't, I don't. And then, like, you know, you were sitting here when I watched the end of it, and I was like, wait, that's it? Mm-hmm. Like, there was still more story to tell. Yeah, I don't fully understand the ending. I had to, like, read the Wikipedia page to understand what had happened. Um, and, like, why they... they Basically, they, like, made a deal to let the survivors go. Or, like some of the survivors like not to give up too much but the brothers basically go their own individual ways and then i feel like they follow the wrong one 
the movie should have followed the other brother. Yeah, I don't know. Like, their whole reasoning for keeping him... I don't know. The ending didn't make sense. Like, their whole purpose, like the witches, like what what they were trying to achieve, didn't make sense to me. I didn't follow it. Maybe it did make sense, and I'm it just didn't make sense to me. But here we are. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't like hard to watch. It wasn't boring. But yeah, the story is is pretty thin. And like I said, like the most interesting part is the shootout at the brothel, and then after that, it just gets kind of weird. And it just kind of seems like they're filling time. Yeah. And, and again, know, just like like throwing in these cool visuals. And it's like, well, that what was the point of that? Other mm-hmm. than just being cool looking. Yeah. And, you know, something I appreciated about it was that, you know, it's a period piece, obviously. And the more, f- the further back you go, the more complex it gets to create a realistic atmosphere. I feel like for the most part, they did a pretty good job, but there were just elements about it that felt a little too constructed. Um, you know, they, they're like in this old West town. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it looks like a dilapidated old Western town, but it seemed a little too deliberate to where it seemed like something you'd see it like, Knott's Berry Farm or something, you know? Um, I don't know. It, it seemed... It, it seemed like it was something new made to look old to me. Um, and the same went for, you know, like that that house at the ending. That stood out. Old. I think it... Did I say something? I don't remember. To you. Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, well, that that house at the end stood out a lot to me. Because it looked like an old, you know, it looked like a house that would exist in like the mid 1800s, but it seemed a little too well made to actually have been made then. Hmm. Like the, you know, the boards on the house siding were just a little too straight. Um, I don't know. There's just visual things to me that I kind of picked up on that. You know, maybe mostly subconscious as I'm watching it, that just kind of, I don't know, didn't really bite for me. It just, it, it's, like I said, I, I really appreciated the effort because I know making something that takes place two centuries ago is not easy, or not, not two centuries, a century and a half ago. Um, it's not a simple thing to do. But I don't know. There are just elements about it that didn't really ring true to me. Hmm. I but didn't. I, I didn't get that. But, I'll, I'll, but I'll, I, I see where you're coming from. Though I'll admit that's very nitpicky. But um, no, I mean, the story itself was kind of thin. Um, so you're relying mostly on like action scenes. In and aside from that scene in the brothel. Most of the action scenes weren't really much to write home about. So it just dawned on me. There's when they're in the the brothel before like the witches reveal themselves. All the witches are like getting DNA off the guys. Like one of them is like brushing Pat Healy's hair and she's like taking the the hair out of the brush. 
One of them is shaving Noah Segan. I guess I didn't, that didn't even register with me. And it just dawned on me that nothing happened with that. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. I don't know. I don't know. Anything else? I don't think so. I just, I like I said, I, I can't take Zachary Knighton seriously. And it's, it's no fault of his. Like he, he, you know, he seems like a very good actor. He was very convincing in this, but I just, every time I see him, I see Dave Rose from Happy Endings. <laughs> um, He actually wasn't even in this all, all that much. That's true. He's like, uh, uh-oh. But I got an email from One Day Die. <laughs> um, yeah, he's kind of like billed as like the top billing, but he's not in it that much. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's the thing. Um, I'm gonna give it a five. All right, all right. I didn't get anything from them. You didn't when you first signed up. Oh, that's right. I guess you just would have just done it, huh? Yeah. Um, not in my mailbox. Wait, give me a number for this real quick. Uh, four. Let's see. Dear Wanderer, strange were the roads that led you here, I'm sure. You're an adventurer. You've seen it all. You've dined on delicacies. I'd imagine you're looking for something to engage the senses, to punch your boundaries, push your boundaries. It's like it's an image, but with text, so it's hard to read. Right. Um, Push your boundaries or to find them in the first place. Exhausting is the road with no end. Zoom in a little bit. What if I could tell you where your journey ends? What if I knew? I hope I'm not like ruining stuff by reading this. I don't know. What if you knew how much time you had left? What if you had one day to live? It is with great pressure that a forgettable rock becomes a diamond and blood spills for diamonds. Don't tread lightly. If this scares you, stop now, because a little further and you will never return. It can't be undone. It shouldn't be undone. I will show you how to speak with the dead. I will show you there's a chapter after your story ends, but once you've heard its words, it will come for you. This is no place for secrets. I can see your past. It already sees your past. So I wouldn't talk to me if you don't want your secrets brought forth. You forgettable rock. Seems unnecessary. I only need Harsh. one and a half hours of your time, and everything after that is up to you, but I guarantee they will be lively. They will be delicious. You will see ever so clearly. You will learn or you will die. Don't knock on doors you do not want opened. Shall we have a talk? Hmm. Still super weird. Oh, damn it. I, the name on the email looked familiar, and I just realized I got one from I got another one yesterday from the same sender and I deleted it because it looked like junk. So these emails are coming from Ian Oddi. Yeah. So keep an eye out for those. An odd eye out. 
All right. So should we talk about... Uh, Sorry, one sec. Should we talk about Ravenous now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll get there. Okay. Next up is the 1999 film Ravenous. I'm sending you to California, Fort Spencer. We have four missing soldiers, Captain, and no bodies. We need a supportable explanation. Captain John Boyd is about to discover... No one just ends up at Fort Spencer. We come for a reason. Yours being? Well, something he never imagined. We have a great sense of camaraderie here at Fort Spencer. <laughs> this Indian scout told me a curious story. Winged eagle. It's an old Indian myth from the north. Man eats the flesh of another. <laughs> he absorbs the other man's strength. Now, one man must choose. We need others. Between having dinner and being dinner. <laughs> That's so annoying. Guy Pierce. Ives! I'm gonna kill him. Robert Carlyle. He was tough, but then a good soldier ought to be. Jeffrey Jones. The uh I'll bring you into the fold. What's wrong? David Arquette. <laughs> There's no guilt. I gotta eat. Ah! It's tough making friends. Eat to live. Don't live to eat. That was really sneaky. He oh, was licking me! <laughs> Ravenous. Bon appetit. <laughs> okay, so Ravenous. Uh, it's... I feel like it's a fairly well-known movie. I, I mean, at this point, it seemed like it was kind of a... You know, a, a silent, um, not silent film. That's not what I meant. <laughs> I, I feel like it kind of floated under the surface for a long time, and now it's, it's fairly, fairly well known. It um, bombed at the box office. It really did. I know a lot of people don't like this, which I don't fully understand. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so, I mean, like I said at the beginning of the show, or I guess beginning of the review segment, I can't remember. I said earlier that I didn't fully understand why this was a Western. Still don't. But, I mean, it takes place in the right period, so, I mean, I guess that applies. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, compared to The Pale Door that's actually, like, you know, takes place in the Old West with cowboys and stuff, this has none of that. Yeah. It takes place in like the Nevadas, but Yeah, yeah. Takes place in the Sierra Nevada mountain range in California in the mid eighteen hundreds. Um so yeah, I mean same time frame. It's just not it doesn't take place in the the old west, which is kind of what you come to expect from a Western film. Right. But whatever. Um Another thing that this kind of, uh, or that this covers is the uh, mythology behind the Wendigo, which 
at the time and for several years, or the first time I saw this, I think was in the theater. And for years and years up until fairly recently, um, didn't click with me because I didn't, the mention of the Wendigo didn't really register. And even after that, it's just like, well, I, I can get the, the certain aspects of the Wendigo mythology, but it doesn't really make sense. But to each their own. So um, we start out after, uh, is like right after a major battle during the Mexican-American War. Oh, we're going to spoil this, by the way. Oh, right. Yeah, this is 21 years old, so spoilers. Um, starts out like after a major battle um, in the Mexican-American War, uh, Lieutenant John Boyd um, was, or see, he infiltrated a, an enemy base and single-handedly took it over. Um, what, you know, he's being awarded uh, a, a Medal of Courage. Um, I don't know specifically what medal or if, even if there is a specific medal, but he's being awarded for his courage and, you know, taking over a, an enemy base on his own. What they don't know, except for his commanding officer, uh, who is... General Slauson. Um, he's the only one because he's been around. He knows. He can see cowardice in somebody's eyes when it shows. Uh, that uh, Boyd actually feigned death on the battlefield. And because he was a ranking officer, he was his body was collected up by, by the Mexican army and taken into a base to be burned with with other members of um, the uh, you know high ranking officers. <clears throat> they didn't know that he was still alive. And after freeing himself from the pile of bodies, he then you know takes over the base. Like he captures, he a just grabbed some guy and was like, "I'm going to kill him if you don't." Yeah, exactly. Surrender. So this is Slauson's first name Coleman. Col Coleman Slauson. No. Colonel Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that he had a real name. Uh anyway. So um So yeah, so he's being awarded for courage, but General Slauson He's actually a coward. Yeah, knows that he's a coward. And um says, I don't want you anywhere near this near I don't want you anywhere near my regiment. I don't want you anywhere near this war. I'm sending you as far as way as far away as I can put you. I'm sending you up to was it Fort Fort Spencer, way high up in the Sierra Nevada Mountains. <laughs> um now anybody that hasn't been there, Sierra Nevada Mountains are beautiful for a day. To live there would be awful. Unless you're like the outdoorsy type, but you could easily get snowed in. That's where the Donner Party died. Wait, no, that's not right. Anyway, they died in the mountains <laughs> during the winter. Um, so he arrives there. He kind of uh, yeah, he, Sierra Nevadas. Right? Was it okay? I was doubting myself. I thought it maybe it was the Rockies, but. 
so um, he arrives on the on the or to the fort, and he's you know greeted by Colonel Hart, um, who's played by Jeffrey Jones, played by registered sex offender Jeffrey Jones. <laughs> so I'm going to do this in two parts. It is a shame and a travesty what he has done, and he you know he has to live with that for the rest of his life. It is also a shame because he was a great actor. Yeah. He was fun to watch in like almost everything. Um, it's just, it, it, it's a shame that he did that because, I mean, aside from the obvious, you know, reprehensible behavior, now he's persona nagata in Hollywood. And anyway, um, so he is just kind of introducing himself. He's like, oh, well, you know, you're just awarded for bravery and they, uh, or you were just given the medal of, of bravery or courage. Um, and they awarded you by sending you up here, huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so he's just kind of briefing him on the, he was actually just in the Deadwood movie. Was he really? Yep. That's surprising. I, mean, I thought he would just never work again. Um, um, and, you know, this cast is like got a lot of familiar faces in it. Um, I mean, Guy Pierce is playing John Boy or uh, that's weird. Wikipedia. Oh, he, get promo- he got promoted. Okay. So he got promoted to captain from lieutenant. So now he's captain. Uh, but John Boyd is Guy Pierce. Uh, like I said, Jeffrey Jones is Colonel Hart. Um, and then you've got Private Cleves, who's like the <laughs> resident fuck up and just <laughs> overly medicated, as they refer to him. <laughs> he just sits around and gets stoned with the, the resident. Uh, native guy that just hangs out on the, on the fort or at the fort. Um, he's played by David Arquette because of course, yeah, because this was the nineties. Yeah. And that's, that was who that, he yeah. was. I love when they're going on like the mission and they're like, all right, remember you're getting meat and beans and this and this and this, no local weed and no women. <laughs> and so then he's like riding off with the, the scout guy. And he's like, all right, so it's meat and beans and local weed and women. And the guy's like, no. And he's like, ah! Oh! He's <laughs> like, you caught me. But basically, like, this whole scene, uh, he's like, you know, uh, Colonel Hart sitting at his desk talking about the other men on the in the fort. And, you know, he mentions them and talks about them, and you kind of see them in their natural environment. It was a little national lampooning. <laughs> A little bit, but he says, and we have uh, Private Reich, and he's he's our soldier. <laughs> Goes to him. And this is Neil <laughs> McDonough. If you don't know who he is, he's the the guy who's got like this. He almost has white eyes. Like, well, he's yeah, like his eyes are so blue that yeah, they almost look white. And he's got this hair that you'd swear it was bleach blonde, but I'm pretty sure it's natural. Oh, really? I, I'm fairly sure, certain. Yeah, um, he's standing in this. Freezing river with no clothes on, just screaming. <laughs> and I can remember that being like the singular point in this movie 
where me and my dad were both sitting in a theater just laughing our asses <laughs> off. It's like three seconds long, and it was just like the funniest <laughs> part of the movie. Um, then uh, let's see, Private. Oh, uh, Jeremy Davies. He um, he was in Saving Private Ryan. He played Charlie Manson in Helter Skelter. Um, you'd recognize him if you saw him. I'm sure. Uh, he plays Private Toffler, who is the um, doctor because he used to be a veterinarian. <laughs> uh, he's also the religious uh, nut. I like when uh, when Hart is telling about it. He says, "You know, he, he's our do- he used to be a veterinarian, so now he's our doctor." I recommend not getting sick. Right. <laughs> uh, so you just you, you got to cast the characters here. Um, they're all they've all got their their quirks, and they've got the, the super religious guy too. That's who I was just talking about. Oh, oh, it's the same guy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, man. All right. Uh, and then you got Steven Spinell, who's also Major Knox. He's not a very prominent character until closer to the end of the movie, because he's drunk and passed out, like almost the entire time. Yeah. Um. So, anyway, so you know Boyd, he's kind of living with this this weight of knowing that he was awarded for being, you know, courageous and brave when he's just, you know, he knows he's a coward and he's living with that. Um, and, uh, you know, life goes on. I, the passage of time in this movie is not especially clear. Um, it's, yeah. Um, so he's just kind of like adjusting to life on this, at, uh, what was this Fort, Fort Spencer, um, and um, suddenly, one night, they see outside of a window this man standing out in the snow who just keels over. Um, they bring him inside. They put him in a, in a hot bath to try and warm up his body temperature. They wrap him in furs and put him by the fire and just try to nurse him back to health. You know, after... You know, such and such amount of time, he w- wakes up. Um, uh, he introduces himself as um, uh, F.W. Calhoun, and he's played by Robert Carlyle. Um, you'd recognize him from 28 Weeks Later. Uh, um, oh, shit. What's it? Train Spotting? Yeah. Uh, that's the one. Yeah. Um, and also, I think probably most recently, he was in. Um, once upon a time, he played Rumpelstiltskin for several years. <clears throat> Love that guy. He's a great actor. Um, anyway, he explains that he was in a, um, a, a, a party that was trekking across from the Midwest. Um, and they come to the Sierra Nevadas and they get lost. And you know, it was very reminiscent, which... If you read the notes about this movie, it was very inspired by the Donner Party and Alfred Packard. Um, and uh, so, you know, his party gets lost in the mountains. Um, they are basically um, destitute in the middle of the mountains in the middle of the winter. Um, they find themselves having... He's explaining that he has to... That they end up eating their oxen and their horses. They eat his own dog. Um and, you know, after such and such amount of time, they start resorting to eating their belts 
and their shoes and roots. And, um, you know, he is very forthcoming about the fact that, you know, desperate men take desperate measures. And once one member of their party died, that's when they resorted to cannibalism. Um, and then, you know, he said, you know, we ate sparingly at first, um, but then another person died and another person. And it's like he said, it got to a point where I was starting to fear for my own life. So that's when I escaped. And here I am. Um, you know, he implied that there were, that this party was led by a, um, military man named Colonel Ives. Uh, he was a, a, a brash, rude, you know, malicious man, um, who was basically like leading the, the charge on eating people. Um, and so, uh, Colonel Hart basically says, you know, if there's survivors out there, we are, it's, it's our duty to go out there and try and save them. So they trek out, um, to find this cave um, with uh, uh, Mr. Calhoun with them to lead, you know, lead them to the cave. Um, and uh, let's try to pick the most important parts. Skip to when they get to the cave, I would say. Skip to the end. Um, okay, so they get to the cave, and I guess it's important to say that, uh, uh, what's his face? Um, Toffler, he trips and falls into a, a, a crevasse at one point, um, you know, and gets a pretty deep cut on his side. And so while he's kind of convalescing in one of the tents, um, he's being, he's left alone with Calhoun. Suddenly Toffler screams and everybody comes rushing in and he says, he just, I was laying here trying to sleep and he licked me. He was licking me. And Calhoun's sitting there with, blood on his lip and so that's when they say okay we don't fucking trust you anymore they tie him up and you know the next morning make him lead him to the cave now at the entrance of the cave um uh reich and boyd go into the cave to find the survivors um meanwhile outside calhoun's starting to kind of he's getting edgy he's starting to lose it a little bit um, and Knox gets further and further into the cave, or sorry, Reich gets further and further into the cave and discovers what's left of the party. And basically there's skeletons hanging from the ceiling of the cave. Uh, and he counts them and by all accounts, it's every member of the party, um, including, uh, Colonel Ives. Because he sees a military military um, uniform on the floor. That's when he knows that Calhoun was the one that killed all of them. So he comes trying comes rushing out of the cave. Uh, and meanwhile, Calhoun has attacked Colonel Hart. He dug a knife that he had placed there before out of the dirt, stabbed Colonel Hart, and shot. No, he didn't shoot him. He tried to shoot. Toffler and instead told him to run and see chases him through the woods. But he did shoot George, the, the guy, the, the scout. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. George, the, the, the native, um, 
shot him. And he tried to shoot Toffler and instead just chased him through the woods. Boyd and Wright go chasing after him, um, but they're too late. They He, he caught up with uh, Toffler and, and cut him open. It's not really distinct on exactly what he did, but cut his stomach open. It seemed like he had started trying to eat him. Yeah. So they go chasing after him and they chase him to a, what's, they think they chase him to a cliffside and uh, God. Oh, Calhoun like jumps out of the, the trees, throws a knife at Reich. Um, and this is like, it's not like a throwing knife. It's like a, no, it's a, like a hunting it's knife. It's like a fucking hunting knife with a, like, like a buoy knife. Yeah, like, but it's got like the the handle is like a bone, like a hip bone, or yeah. like a uh, like an ulna, um, right? That's ulna. I don't know what ulna is. Thigh bone. I don't know. Isn't that a femur? Femur. That's what I meant. Ulna's this one. Um, he so- broke my tibia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he takes a knife to the chest and goes falling off the cliff. And just out of desperation, Boyd jumps off the cliff as well. Um, well. He shoots Calhoun first. That's right. He shoots him in the shoulder um, and then jumps off the cliff, uh, hitting you know, basically every tree branch on the way down to break his fall. But he lands on the ground and starts rolling down the hill um, and getting entangled with uh, Reich's body. And then they roll down the hill and fall into a hole. Um, and uh, Rikes is still alive briefly, but then dies. And he so, tries to choke him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, yeah, I didn't get that either. Aside from just being like delusional or something. I don't know. Or if he like blamed him for. Maybe. Uh, but then he dies. And so now he's just dies, sitting. He's dies, dies. <laughs> So he's sitting in the hole with Reich's body. Um, and He's like covered up with tree branches and stuff. Right. Uh, Calhoun, he like goes back into the cave like some fucking weird bear cave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like laughing, like cackling maniacally <laughs> and shit. Um, Maniacal and he, laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like dragging bodies into the cave. Um, presumably eating them, um, because he's already mentioned that he's a uh, a cannibal, or that they re- have resorted to cannibalism. Um, we've kind of uh, I don't remember if it's I think it was actually earlier in the movie when we've become privy to the fact that guy or sorry Boyd was under this pile of bodies in the Mexican base and he had one of his men's blood like basically just pouring into his mouth like there's nothing he could do about it but he was inevitably swallowing some of it and he says something changed in me um, and that he get, gave me the strength to you know get up and do something because he just had this over you know sudden bravery even after you know having just this extreme cowardice, now he felt powerful and brave. Um, so, 
So some time passes, and we're not I'm not really sure how long, but you know, it's long enough for Boyd to have grown like a pretty a good great st- big bushy beard. <laughs> a pretty good start to a beard. So you gotta figure like a month? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. How long would have t- like if you were going from clean shaven, how long would it have taken you to grow that beard? It's like probably yeah, three weeks to a month. Okay, yeah. My my facial hair when it's starting out grows pretty slow. Once it's like kind of grown in, it feels like it speeds up. So it's it, the opposite. Really? Yeah, like it, I'll get stubble like the same day practically. <laughs> But then, like once it gets to a certain length, it just kind of stops. See, when my like when I had my my great big bushy beard, like it, it would get to a certain length, and it felt like it just stopped and wasn't growing anymore. But take me forever to get like a full beard going. But then once I had it, it just kept growing out. Anyway, so you figure he's at least in this hole a few weeks. When he gets so desperate and hungry that he starts to eat Reich's body, um, which you know you have to assume was preserved by the extreme cold, um, that's when he makes him makes his way out of the hole and back to the base or back to the fort, um, where you know the remaining people there are are basically like, "What the fuck happened?" And he tries to explain that we had this guy, Calhoun, who killed everyone. He admitted to eating his, you know, his, his uh, party, you know, his, tra- his traveling party. Um, he's got to remember at this point, the only people left on base are David Arquette and uh, the, Indian the, woman. the Indian woman who were gone when Calhoun showed up. Yeah. And Knox, who was drunk when Calhoun showed right. up. Right. Um. So that that's when uh, Slauson shows up on the base, or I keep calling it base. It's the fort. He shows up to the fort, trying to figure out what the fuck happened, and he's basically telling him, you know, this story is so outrageous. How do you? Ex- how could you possibly expect me to believe this? Um. And uh, he's like, you know, while we look for a permanent replacement for Colonel Hart, I've brought another colonel to you know be here in the interim um his name is colonel ives dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and that's when we see calhoun in full military uniform you know clean cut you know or you know very cleaned up i should say um his uh his you know his big beard is trimmed down to a, a nice very elegant you know, goatee, his hair slicked back. He looks very proper. You know, looks like a member of, you know, high-ranking military. Um, and you know, Boyd just says, "That's Calhoun. You get him, <laughs> get her." <laughs> um, and so Slauson naturally goes to Knox, who's the rank, you know, the, the next ranking officer. Says, well, you know, I remember a guy with a beard, and I don't really remember him. He says, but, you know, Boyd says he shot him, so he would have a wound. Slauson says, Colonel Ives, you humor me and take off your shirt so he can see your shoulder. So he does it, and the wound is gone. Um, 
Boyd is naturally upset because he thinks he's taking fucking crazy pills. Um, but I don't know if it's later that night or like the next night or something when they're outside alone. That's when Ives, you know, admits that he, yeah, he is Calhoun. Says, I saw Reich's body. You didn't finish. It's like, would you, you know, would you get scared or something? Or you, because like, you didn't, you didn't mention that Boyd started to eat Reich's body. Yeah, did I said he started eating Reich? Did you? Yeah, and then then he made his way out of the hole. Oh, which is kind of showing some restorative powers to cannibalism. Um, and uh, Reich's uh, or sorry, not Reich. Um, Ives, now Ives, is smoking a cigarette, and you know he takes a big drag and blows it out, and he says, you know. You know, so many years ago, I wasn't able to do that without coughing up a pint of blood because I had tuberculosis. Um, and uh, it's like, but then, you know, I, I met up with an, an Indian scout. Is that what he said? Scout? Yeah. Okay. Um, an Indian scout who mentioned, the, the basically tells him the story of the Wendigo. You know, a man who eats the flesh of another man, you know, gains his, his spirit, his his power um, and, you know, his life, but also kind of descends into this monstrosity. Um, the hunger. Right. Yeah. The, the hungry, hunger, it never ends. Um, you know, you can practically live forever, but you'll always be feeding. Um, and boy, it's, you know, he says, you know, why didn't you eat, eat Reich? Basically, it's because it was wrong. And, you know, he kind of laughs at that and, and passes it off, you know, this, this notion of being wrong when, when it feels so right. Uh, anyway, so, you know, we kind of do this back and forth where Boyd is trying to, you know, tell anybody who will listen that Colonel Ives is a madman who fed on the other members of the fort and nobody's believing him. So he's trying to devise a way to basically kill him. Um, and, uh, I mean, I guess those, are the, the, that's the important stuff. Um, it gets towards the end when, um, he's killed everybody else on the base or fort. <laughs> um, and, you know, either, either just killed them or eaten them or both. Um, and, come to find out that he actually uh, resuscitated Colonel Hart, who was on the verge of death, by making him eat members of... Feeding him his own yeah. his own battalion. Um, so you discover he was actually the one that killed um, Martha, who was the, the Indian woman, um, as well as uh, Cleves and, and Knox. But you cannot kill David Arquette. Uh, that's the movie. That's the that's the, that's that's the, the movie. movie. Yeah, um, I've been meaning to watch that. I haven't done it yet. Uh, anyway, so basically, him and you know, Ives and Hart are both are like, join us, and Boyd is like, no. no. Um, uh, and so then Hart is like, all right, I'll just fucking kill me then. 
Yeah, like he's frustrated because he he like in his in his heart he knows it's wrong. <laughs> Colonel Hart. Right. <laughs> heart to heart. Got it. Nailed it. Um yeah, and Boyd just like, you know, you know this is wrong. You know, what do you, how can you expect me to want to be a part of this? And uh yeah, Colonel Harsh just like and slams a knife into his table. Just he just freaks out suddenly. <laughs> um and he's just like, fine. Uh, you know. Did he tell him to, to escape? Or something. I think he just tells him to fight Ives. Yeah. And he says, but, you know, do me a favor and kill me first. So he does that. And um, Ives sees it happen. So it kind of leads into this back and forth fighting um, between the two of them. Uh, you know, basically, you know, it's, it's just kind of like a man-to-man fight knowing that both of them could eat the other and, you know, gain the other ha- upper hand um, and you survive. So they go back and forth, you know, hitting each other with knives, you know, stabbing each other with knives, cleavers, logs, bits of wood. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, it comes to a point where Boyd gets the upper hand on Ives Pushes him into this giant fucking bear giant trap. Giant bear trap. It's like, what kind of fucking bear? Are you trying to catch the entire bear? <laughs> um, they, they fall into it, and, you know, Ives, or Boyd falls on top of Ives, and the thing closes down, basically sandwiches them into this bear trap, and, you know, Ives is saying, you know, who do you think is going to die first? Because I'll tell you, if if you die first, I'm definitely going to eat like, you. I'm going to eat the shit out of you. <laughs> it's like, but the question is, if I die first, are you going to eat me? Eat or die. Yeah. And so Ives dies there. And just as General Slauson is arriving at the fort, Ives, or sorry, Boyd then dies too. Because you know, there's you know some tense... You know, 30 seconds or so where you're wondering what he's going to do. I like how Martha opens the door and sees them and she goes, eh. <laughs> whatever. Well, because, well, you know, when he comes back to the base, and I kind of skipped over this, he comes back to the base and George, the, the Indian man, uh, so George and Martha, their brother and sister, should, um, George had showed him kind of like this legend of the Wendigo. Um, and he after hearing uh, Calhoun's story, knows that he's now Wendigo. Or, you know, is like, he is, he is, <laughs> he is legend. <laughs> um, so he, when he comes back to the base, he tries to find this skin with like this, you know, Wendigo story painted on it. Um, and, Martha comes and says, Martha, you have to help me kill him. Or you have to help me stop him. And he says, she says, there is no stopping him. The, in, the hunger, you know, goes on. You, there's only, you, the only way to stop him is to kill him. Um, and uh, anyway, yeah, so they, they both die there. Um, meanwhile, 
General Slauson comes into like kind of like the main building on the fort and smells the stew that was cooking, which also happens to be a, a Major Knox stew, and takes a slurp of it. So now he now is he's le- got the hunger. Yeah, now he is legend. <laughs> when they're in the bear trap, like. Boyd falls on top of Ives and then like the bear trap comes down. So they're practically face to face. And I just, I just like kiss. <laughs> and like, like Boyd's hand is like this, like right up next to Ives's face. So as soon as he died, I thought he was going to be like, <laughs> just like gently stroke his cheek. I love you. <laughs> Sleep now. <laughs> they can't hurt you anymore. <laughs> You are at peace. I love you. <laughs> I'll always have. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's the end of the movie. Um, I was trying to make it a little more succinct than that, but there's a lot of details to mention. But anyway, what do you think? It's not bad. Had you seen it before? Yes, but it was when I worked at the pawn shop. Oh, okay. We used to remember we used to watch movies on our lunch breaks. Oh yeah, and so it was like I saw it in thirty minute pieces. Right. So uh, this is the first time I'd seen it all the way through. Got it. Um, yeah, like I said, the, you know, I saw this. I've seen it several times over the over, over its existence. The first time I saw it was in the theater. Right. I don't know. Now, I, like, I just assumed I saw it in the theater, but now I'm wondering if maybe I didn't. I think I did. I think it was me and my dad went and saw it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've, I've always really enjoyed this movie. I, I don't watch it often. It's probably been more than five years since I've seen this, since I've seen this movie before. It's not well-received, critically. It's really not. Like, I've heard other podcasts review this movie and just shit all over it. I don't understand it. Like I can understand a differing perspective on a lot of movies, but just the the hatred for this movie, I don't understand. It's it's got a weird tone, where like because like some parts of it are genuinely funny, and you're like, is it supposed to be funny? Yeah, <laughs> and like the the score, the score is like, so like when uh, they're chasing Calhoun through the woods, it's playing like this song that sounds like Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah. Like, <laughs> It's got <laughs> yeah the sound just the soundtrack alone is like a real uh, is like really juxtaposed to the rest of the movie yeah um, and uh, I I really like it for that <laughs> um, it's it's I mean it, people call it a black comedy and it definitely is like in, in every not, sense like, of the I, term I don't think it is a comedy like there's there's comedy in it but I don't think it's like portrayed as a comedy no not through and through but i i wouldn't say it's a comedic movie i wouldn't say it has necessarily comedic elements no but it's it definitely has has, jokes yeah it has definitely like comic relief but it's very dark humor yes which means which which makes me qualify it as in part a black comedy um and yeah i don't i feel like there's maybe a lot of um in the horror community there's a lot of people 
who don't like horror comedies. This also is not a traditional horror. No. Like, yes, it's got, you know, a, a decent amount of bloodshed and, and gore and stuff, but you don't really have that kind of dread feeling that you get from, like, a slasher movie or something. Yeah. No, it's, it, it's, it's more in line with a thriller, I would say. Sure. I mean, it's very isolationist. Um, and um, I know a lot of people are like, oh, if it's not supernatural, it doesn't qualify as horror, which I think is stupid, but it's ridiculous. Like this, it's, I consider thriller to be part of horror, so, but I'm, I do understand that there's a stark difference from, you know, the, the stereotypical, what people would classify as horror yeah, yeah. And, and a thriller movie. And, you know, like there, there was a point in my life where I was like that. And it was mainly before we started doing the show, before we really kind of delved into horror and what made horror and like the different versions of it, different elements of it, um, and how just kind of like my preconceived ideas of what horror was weren't entirely correct. Or, you know, not that they weren't correct, but there was other stuff outside of that. That definitely qualifies if you look at it through a different perspective. I think it's definitely one of those things. Yeah. Um, but no, like like I said, I don't understand why people not just dislike it, hate it. Yeah. I, I don't understand it. Like, I can understand if this is not your thing, if you just don't really care for it. But to hate this movie, that's like saying you hate Queen. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, okay, if Queen's not your thing... Then you say you don't really, you're not a fan of Queen. But to hate Queen's music, that's outrageous. <laughs> People always get mad at me when I say the Beatles are overrated. People are like, you don't like the Beatles? I'm like, it's not what I said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I had this former friend who, uh, like we were talking about the Beatles. Like him and his brother just love the Beatles, you know. Like like a lot of Beatles fans are just like, oh, suck all four dicks. Blah, blah. <laughs> um, and I was like, yeah, Beatles are fine. I'm not a big fan, but I appreciate I, I appreciates them. Um, but I told him, like, I like their earlier stuff. They're like, twist and shout and that kind of stuff. They're like, you like that poppy shit? Like, yeah. I mean, that's what made them popular. They got famous on that stuff. <laughs> right. It's like fucking Sergeant Pepper didn't make them famous. Right. <laughs> All it did would make them douchey. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, so I, I I like this movie. I mean, I'm not like over the moon about it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna preach it to people, but I think it's a really good movie. Yeah, I mean I I I didn't really remember watching it. I think it was mostly because I watched it in pieces. So it was hard to like piece everything together when I watched it over the span of, you know, four or five days. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I remember just everyone just hating it and just shitting on it. And so I, that was a big reason why I never watched it again. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And then watching it uh, this morning, I was just like, why do people hate this? Yeah. Like it's nothing amazing. It's not, you know, something that I was, just blown away by but i definitely you know i was interested in it it kept my my attention throughout the entire movie and mm-hmm. there were parts that i genuinely liked so yeah i really don't know why 
why the vitriol for this movie? Yeah. You know, they're, they're, like I said, you know, I've heard other podcasts re- uh, review this. <clears throat> One in particular, you know, shitting on movies is like what they did. Like, I, I say did, they don't exist anymore. But, like, their their gimmick was just shitting on movies, even ones that they admittedly liked. But this one in particular, it seemed like they were just, like, really digging into it. <laughs> and I was like, why do you hate this? Why are you so... Why... You seem upset that you like... That you don't like this. Um, I mean, looking now, though, like, it's it's 47% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, but it's 7 out of 10 on IMDb. Is it? Yeah. 4.2 on Amazon out of 5. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe... Roger Ebert gave it three stars. I think, yeah, if, if Roger Ebert gives you 50% or more, then you're doing pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, since that guy didn't like fucking anything. But I definitely remember, like, it just... When it came out, like maybe it's things have changed since then. But when it came out, I remember it getting really bad reviews. I think it's definitely at that point where it's probably gotten some kind of cult following. Um. But okay, well, yeah, I mean, it's good. It's good to see that it, uh, you know, it's gotten some kind of following. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm reading here the production notes. It took place in the Sierra Nevadas, but it was filmed in Slovakia. Hmm. That's that struck me as weird. That is a little weird. Uh, apparently, the, the original director Milcho Menchevsky, uh two weeks, or sorry, one week before starting to film, so, uh, turned in new storyboards, uh, which would have required an additional two weeks of shooting. So Fox, uh, Fox said they give him one more week. Um. Let's see, so he event basically he eventually like quit or was fired and had to be replaced like right before production started. Hmm. <clears throat> so numbers. Um. I give it an eight. I'm not going that high. Well, um, fuck you. <laughs> like I said, I don't, I don't understand the, uh, the vitriol that it got at least at the time. But um, at the same time, I wasn't like super into it, so I'm gonna give it a six. Fair enough. I thought it was decent. Yeah. Um, I liked it. it was definitely a different spin on the whole um, Wendigo mythology. Um. Yeah, a lot of representations of the Wendigo, it's, you know, like a, like a monster. Right. And not necessarily like a man, which is probably more accurate to where the legend came from. Just a man that became crazy and feral. Yeah, it's almost like, because it's not even like it's something that possesses him. It's like a, like an essence. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, you know, th- several moments throughout the movie... It does show to give like restorative powers, mm-hmm. um, uh, increase strength. Because there's this, it's very subtle, but at the beginning of the movie, when um, Hart, when Colonel Hart's talking to Boyd, he's trying to crack open a walnut with with his dagger. Oh yeah, yeah, I picked up on this. 
Yeah, and then later in the movie, when he's been brought back to life, essentially, he just crushes it with his bare hand. Yeah. So clearly, it's given you strength. In Boyd's case, it gave him bravery um, and, you know, like, uh, willpower. So Virility. Sure. Because then he went home and fucked. Gave him a big old boner in his underwear. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a solid movie. I, you know, I could have sworn I'd seen this available in different places. Like, I thought I'd saw it on, like, Prime and Netflix, but I'm probably thinking of, like, old, or like, old memories. So, you know, you can get this on VOD, but you, you do have to pay for it. Yeah. But I would recommend it. It was only, like, four bucks. Right. So. Okay, guys. Well, that's going to do it for us on this episode. Um, we'll be back in two weeks with a brand new one for you, talking about two more movies. <clears throat> Taylor, what are we going to be talking about? Uh, we're going to be talking about Spree, which we initially were going to do this episode until oh, yeah. we, we decided to uh, switch it up and make it the Western themed. Because <laughs> that was like our like tentative original plan, and then I just completely forgot about it. <laughs> So we went back to it. So we're going to watch that next episode uh, along with Open 24 Hours. There you go. Uh, along with a fresh batch of... HB. H, H Bizzle. That, that's what we call it. We do call it that. Uh, until then, Taylor, where can people find us? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as graveplotpodcast or on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot. Check out GraveplotFilmFest.com for all your Film Fest news. Okay, that sounded weird when it came out of my mouth. <laughs> um, and if you want to contribute to the show monetarily in exchange for some exclusive content, head over to Patreon.com slash GraveplotPodcast. Fucking dope, guys. Set up. Fucking A. <laughs> all right, guys. Until next time. I am Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. And this has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside.